everybody out there in comic book land. My name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as you know, I am never, ever alone, sir. Please introduce yourself. I'm the laid-back Dan Comic Book Man. Dan the Comic Book Man is here in studio, or his alter ego, secret identity, Dan the Comic Book Movie Man is here in studio, because we're here to talk about one of the latest comic book films to come out, uh... It, it, it is, right? It's only about one or two? Uh, uh, yeah, latest, uh, like last week. Yes, we've covered the Captain Marvels of the world. We've covered the Into the Spider-Verses, the Aquaman, if you will. But this movie in particular needed a very special bit of coverage. Uh, because, to be honest, I was very um, new to the character. I sort of say about the, how I, everything went down with this movie. But Yeah, I, I was very new to this character, uh, Dan, as you know. And so last week, or two weeks ago, we went on a deep dive in all things Hellboy. We spoke about Hellboy 1. We spoke about Hellboy 2. We spoke about the Hellboy comics. We spoke about Mike... Mike Mignola, um, and all his work that he does for the character. We spoke about Ron Perlman. We spoke about Guillermo del Toro, all in anticipation for this film right here, this Hellboy reboot. After years of crying for a third to complete the trilogy, they scrap everything and give us this Hellboy reboot with full uh, spoiler warning. Well, not spoiler warning. To do our full spoiler-free, I guess you could say, uh, review, I hand it over to you dan what did you think of hellboy 2019 without spoiling the good people of the major issues podcast directed by neil marshall now all right for all the game of throne fans that yeah. listen to this podcast if you don't know who neil marshall is i'm gonna let you know right now he is director of the very special episodes the battle of black water and the wall yeah one of the most biggest two episodes now this is where gary marshall was able to handle the wildlings and giants he's also able to handle explosions of different colors of different magnitudes and battles and even fantasy medieval elements so so you see the the movie opens up in a well follows the comic book where yes. they have the king arthur setting where hellboy yeah. is like the great descendant of king well, arthur not too many spoilers up front but uh, yeah, they do deal with um, comic book aspects, things that we've spoken about. No, that's um, what I'm saying. From the comic, the, it, yeah. like all that stuff in the comic book, you 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 see all of it. Yeah. So so you have Neil Marshall's. I you see a lot of Neil Marshall's direction in the in the movie, mm-hmm. but you also see a lot of the studio interference. Well, not even more studio interference. The the producer interference that yes, went down behind was, the scenes of this movie. There was definitely some um some news there that we're gonna dive into, but I guess without. With I mean after seeing the film, we were able to kind of connect some dots, right? Because you watch the film and then you find out about a little bit of what's going on behind the scenes, and you're like, "Yeah, and everything that makes, makes sense." sense. That's exactly um, when I was writing these notes. I was like, "Wait a minute, hold on." But prior that makes sense. Prior to knowing that there was too many cooks in the kitchen, how did you feel about the film? Oh, I enjoyed it. Entertainment all around. Okay. There was there was maybe I would say a grand total of fifteen minutes throughout the movie. That I was bored, so like, like there was like two minutes here, three minutes there, or a minute there. That I was just like, oh, you could have trimmed that, right? You could have like not had that and then put something else, okay. or you know, like you know, there was a lot of fat that yeah. needed to be cut. Yeah. Other than that, all the action was great. There's three big set pieces in this movie that I found to be awesome. Uh, there's a pig in this movie. What do you, is... you think of uh, Harbor? Uh, David Harbor is a Really good Hellboy, but I feel bad for that makeup. 
<laughs> the makeup really took me out of the movie because like every time I looked at him, it's like his top lip couldn't move. Like his, his yeah. like his whole mouth just like went up and down, and there was no lip movement. So it kind of took me out of it a little. Like, oh, you guys are gonna fix that. The rendering was bad. Other than that, him as Hellboy was great. Cursing every five seconds. You know, like he's he's very like um ident- He has a real like big identity crisis, and I feel like in the comic book they that's what they battle most with because yeah. he is half human, half demon in the comics. Right. So he does battle this identity crisis of I'm designed to be bad, but I'm raised to be good. I also know that going into this, you, um, to my knowledge, rewatched the what, first two Hellboys. Or I rewatched the, the first one? one. The first one. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, in doing so, where do you think this fits in there? Not necessarily ranking them, but do you think this slides right in with those other ones, or is this a, a honest to god reboot that you have to scorch? No, I actually to, think that uh, it. This is a more serviceable sequel than the Golden Army. Okay. Like, well, besides a lot of the yeah. tone was correct. Okay. Hellboy work and working for that organization, and he has a father, a father that tries and helps him, and yeah. a lot, a lot of Nazi symbolism, a lot of demon symbolism, bringing fantasy and horror elements. So a lot of the yeah, tone you, was you spoke there. A, you spoke of Neil Marshall's work on um, Game of Thrones. He also has history working on Westworld, which, as you know, has to you have to build your whole world from scratch. Yeah. And um, Constantine, and Constantine Even is better. very much Hellboy, right? That's very yeah, much no, the that's, occult. That was the thing. Is and, I see um, all of Neil Marshall, what he wanted yeah. in the film, and what you can tell is his work. It's fantastic when it it's good. When it's good, it's good. Yeah. And when it's bad, I know that's the producers. <laughs> right. I know that's what they took away from the film. Where he, where Neil Marshall said that, uh, like he was not happy with the final cut at all. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get into some of that messiness in a bit. Okay, so uh, to round it out, I guess what do you want to do this out of thumbs? Do you want to do this out of horns? Do you want to do this uh, uh, out of ten? How would you score this film? Uh, on the entertainment scale, yeah, I would definitely give this about uh, maybe seven point five, strong seven point five out of ten. That's pretty strong for entertainment. Okay, for, like turn well, your... an average scale. Yeah, like average scale as an average. So scale... average scale, uh, zero being the worst thing. Someone would have to chain you to watch it. Ten being you can never get enough. You don't even have to eat or drink. You will just watch this movie for substance. <laughs> I would go. I would where, go where with would Hellboy fall. Hellboy would fall on the. I would show this to somebody who hasn't seen it. Okay. So probably like yeah six point five seven. Yeah, I'm around. Yeah, I'm around like a like five like, or six like if I had a cousin that's never seen Hellboys and he wants, but he actually wants to sit down and watch it, I would rewatch it with him. If yeah. I found it on TV on like TBS and it's like halfway through, I would throw it on for maybe fifteen twenty minutes and before I like throw something else on. Like it's not yeah, a, it's not a movie that's so bad that I I would never see it again. It's just a movie that I w- probably wouldn't buy on DVD. <laughs> that, and that's saying something because I have Corky you, Romano yeah, and of, Monkey Bone on DVD, so you that's have a saying lot of something. Weird DVDs. Um, yeah. So I guess uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, uh, I had some issues with the movie, but it it's it's very far, in my opinion, from the worst movie of all time. We'll talk. In, we'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't under. I, I like we've we've sat here and done which is worse I three times. Biggest, I think in comparison to. We've had some stellar films in the last two or three years as far as comic book movie 
films are concerned. Of course, like magnitudes of events. Right. Um, when you think of like the Civil Wars and what that was able to do, um, even Wonder Woman, Black Panther, uh, Infinity War, the stakes, the the character the progression, secondary all that characters kind of stuff. that become right. these solo characters that blow the box office out of the right. water is amazing. Like the Wonder Woman's and and Black Panther. But there was to me, this movie almost is a, a weird nostalgia trip to when they didn't have the faith to do those sorts of things. And maybe that's how that movie fails because we should, at this point in 2019, have a little bit more faith in the honest adaptations of these stories, especially if they're successful. That's the whole thing I don't really get about people is like, this made money, right? It's like, it, Hellboy itself, the property makes money. Same thing like Fantastic Four, the property makes money. Why can't you just take what's there and put it there? And we'll get into, the, you know, why it wasn't so easy for, let's say, a director to do so. But um, I would say that you almost need to see this film. And I think this film is going to make a lot of money on people just seeing it out of the pure curiosity. If they yeah, fall this movie should the- be seen out of just like... There's no way this movie can do that That's bad, can it? People want to see which camp they fall in. If they fall into the camp of, oh, yeah, it's as bad as they say, or, oh, no, it isn't. Um, I don't think it's as bad as they say, but I also wonder if that is tempered by my by the initial, what I call, hailstorm of negative reviews. This this movie got torched in a way that I haven't seen in, a, in quite some time. And it got torched in a way that I've never seen in a movie that I'm going to go see. <laughs> Even BBS oh. didn't get scoured like this right before I went to go see it. This, The reviews that dropped on Thursday for a movie that I eventually ended up seeing on Saturday were horrendous. Yeah, I, 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 were I read two of them and I was like, no, horrible. I can't. I can't. Um, full disclosure, I watch a lot of YouTube. So I was on um, Screen Junkies and uh, I dig Dan Merle. I, th- I, I think he's Dan pretty, I think yeah. he's pretty um, level. He doesn't have a gimmick. You know, like I said, for that. he knows what he's talking about with movies. Like I trust his opinion in movies. Uh, yeah, I'm not waiting for a theme song or some sort of. You know, like there's a lot of YouTube personalities where I feel like he's kind of, uh, you know, straight laced. Yeah, he's and just there in front of a laptop and he just talks his heart. He looked visibly angry reviewing this movie, <laughs> and the more he spoke about it, the more you can see that he was he wanted to keep a kind of a. a a level head when reviewing it, but he seemed to just be getting angrier and angrier, which put me in a in a position because I I know what that's like. I we 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 all know con- what that's we've, like. Uh, constantly, is in the major issue studios talk about let's say um, moments in films that we don't understand or moments that turned all right films into bad films. And Martha. We, and when those things happen, we talk about them with that fervor, with that emotion, because it's like you were so close. So I I get um, that anger and that hostility, but then. Fortunately, you were able to see it, and you were able to see it before me, and you told me it wasn't that bad. So I, I had a perfect playground to play in, of absolutely disrespectful to the genre of movies. You understand? Know and come on, bro, it ain't that serious. And no, that was a perfect. Really isn't that was a that perfect serious. playing. That was a perfect playground well, for me. And I felt like if you go in with the lens that it isn't that serious, you know, like if you were going with the lens that this is something nominated for an Academy Award. I can see you you coming with the anger of like, are you even kidding me? But if you come into this with that, I feel like um, I feel like it's a little bit better. And I would also say that although this is probably a, a taboo, um, you know, uh, statement to make, especially when it comes to comic book movie adaptations, you probably would enjoy this more if you've read the comics, which is not. And I will say this first and foremost: that shouldn't be a prerequisite to enjoy. No, it. yeah, the book shouldn't I'll, I'll shouldn't matter. Just the source material it's adapted from should sort of matter. But my my thing is, I don't think that we're going to be the first 
and only people to make that comment. And I don't want people to be like, well, I just paid $16. I don't have to, I shouldn't have to pay 30 to get volumes and read through and, them. And that's true. That you shouldn't have to watch, yeah. you shouldn't have to go back and read a book to understand one key detail in the movie that half the majority can like enjoy. Like there's this scene in, in the Harry Potter, I think it was a uh, Half-Blood Prince, yeah. where one of the characters was being introduced for the very first time reading her book upside down. Yeah. And if you've read the book, you understand that that's how, Harry Potter described her. Yeah. He's like she was sitting there, pale white hair, reading her book upside down. But that little detail is like nobody else is gonna understand that. I'm right. gonna look at that like her character's stupid now. Yeah. Now you're introducing me as a stupid character because her book's upside down. Right. You. I don't. I don't understand the significance. Someone's not gonna understand the significance of it. So right. I shouldn't have to read a manga or or a comic book to understand this movie. But in the same breath, the likability I have for this newer movie might make me want to go back and read the book that it's adapted from. To see where it got wrong and where it got right, and th- that, like I said before, you know, I considered um, Hellboy personally as a blind spot. I, I I saw the first movie and that was it. In preparation for this film, I was able to read three or four different volumes, um, catch the second one, rewatch the first one. Um, I even almost d- dove into some of those animated. He has like little animated uh, mm-hmm. uh, stuff available. I think that probably takes right after some of the um, the other stories. That were told, and then we had that uh, excellent uh, podcast episode with Daylin and um, Peter, and you know Magic Alamode, uh, a, a super fan of Hellboy, and the way she spoke about Hellboy, and um, she had given me the preparation material, like, "Hey, read this. This looks, this looks like what was in the trailer. This looks like that." And so I was able to read um, the Wild Hunt, which is one of the stories that this takes a lot from. Um, and so I'm I'm thinking to myself, uh, like. I'm ready. I'm locked in. I've I've read the stuff. I read a bunch of stuff about Lobster Johnson. I read a bunch of stuff about the BPRD and a bunch of stuff about Hellboy. What was funny though is that in watching the first two films at with the new found respect from the comics, I don't think the first two films even nails what's supposed to be kind of cool about Hellboy. If no, that makes not any at sense. all. And it's the same. It was thing. murky because the thing about Guillermo del Toro is like I look. I'm sorry for anybody that likes Pan's Labyrinth, but we as a nation have to understand that Guillermo del Toro is not a good director. I'm sorry. Ooh, he can, that's a bold statement. He can, make, monst- a, he can a... make monsters. He can make that property, and I love his writing. Right. Don't get me wrong. I love his writing. He he deals with social dramas through fantasy elements. Yeah. Like look at the Labyrinth. shape of look at the shape of water. That's basically an, an analogy for like right, for racism and and. Well, when you consider that he made a shape of water after making, sorry. About a decade after making Hellboy two, which has that weird ape sapien, elf, played by the same a- actor, elf, Doug Jones. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. And Doug Jones almost made a cameo in this, and he did it, which is probably that should have been the the no, hallmark of like, uh, wait a minute, <laughs> this is not go uh, going too well. Um, the theater actually clapped for one scene. I want to get into it later. That I was actually, I I don't know why, but it made me like like the movie more that the theater actually right. clapped for they a certain were, they scene. Were receptive. Yeah. Um, I say but, go see it to 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 give it a chance. Um, and to make up your own mind, I think that's one of the most important yeah, things. And if you in this trust, day and age. if you're like once again, if you're if you're a, a Constantine fan, if you're a Westworld fan, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, and you like the episodes of Battle of Blackwater and the Wall, one of the two most famous episodes, if you like them, you're gonna you're gonna see his style. You're gonna see what Neil Marshall does, and there there's certain scenes that you're gonna see is, damn, that's pretty murky. <laughs> this movie's gonna talk to you, and it's either gonna tell you what you like, and it's gonna expound on that. Or it's going to annoy you with what you hate. Oh, I think and it's either gonna do, way, Oh no, I think it's gonna do both. Either way, yeah, your 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 opinions are one hundred percent valid. I just don't think 
that this film deserved the scorched earth uh, that it was given. So let's get into some of that. Uh, this movie came out in April uh, 12th of 2019. On a budget of fifty million, it's made thirteen so far. Jesus um, that Christ. is that is a little low, but it's only been a week, right? It's only been a week. Yeah, but uh, so it we'll should see. at least make like at least twenty on its opening weekend. It's a lot. Um, in comparison, um, it came behind Captain Captain Marvel on her third week. Yes, in comparison, but it had, it had a less budget. Captain Marvel's budget was higher. Um, in comparison, Hellboy One had a budget of sixty six million and made ninety nine point three. Hellboy 2 had a budget of 85 million and basically doubled that in its box office of 160.4 million. Um, but yeah, 13 out of 50 is not looking too good. Uh, as far as Rotten Tomatoes goes, our patron saint, right? Rotten Tomatoes, all yeah, things. Only 15% of the reviewers seem to like it. Yeah, 15% on the critical score and 63% on the critical score. To give that some comparison. You know, I'm not going to lie, that audience score kind of seems right because it's, my theater, higher, it's going higher and higher. My, to be the honest. theater that yeah. I was sitting in was like, they were very up and down. And we were all receptive for certain scenes. We were very receptive. We were clapping and cheering for other scenes. It was quiet. See, as I went early as hell, so I did not get any of that. And maybe that would have actually, imp- like, uh, you know, imp- yeah. The, the 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 theater is what really makes it the experience. It, yeah. It's what make or for me. For sometimes it's what make or breaks a movie because I feel like if I'm the only one enjoying a movie, then there's some something's got to be wrong with me. There's, but there's no way. But when yeah. like, when a whole theater is enjoying the scenes I'm enjoying and not liking the scenes I'm not liking, okay. I, it feels like you know the movie's doing something right. It's catching an audience. Yes, it's one thing when you want to like if you're just gonna catch one person, then the movie's kind of a fail. Right, if you can't they, just yeah. catch those like hits and misses. Like I said, and it can it can't just be comic book fans. You know, it can't just be like oh you don't I get don't it. Think lot, so I think a lot. I think a lot of people yada, that went yada. in to see it don't know the comic book knowledge. They more went in to see it because I oh agree. I remember Hellboy. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess we could just lift up the spoiler ban. Let's talk a little bit about the critical response, this, the kicking that this thing has been getting in the news. So, Crack pipe uh, of a movie. In, yes, in the New York Oriel Times. and vi- oh, oh my God. In the New York Times, uh, Jeanette Katsolis described Hellboy as a crack pipe of a movie and an uh, Oriel and visual assault that left her both baffled and battered. Um, Alex Abad Santos from Vox wrote that the film's nightmares uh, vi- visuals are stellar. The real villain of the movie, it's it's rotten writing, which turns Hellboy into hanging action sequences loosely stitched together by two or three senses and a vague suggestion of narrative. And then uh, noted critic Alan Zieberman said, Marshall and screenwriter Ale- Andrew uh, Cosby went overboard with their R rating, introducing so much gore and profanity that, quite frankly, it gets dull. The flat performances and incoherent story do not help matters. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to give you a little bit of a taste of what's been going on, what they've been talking about. With See, they're film. blaming the wrong people. I yeah. think they're blaming the wrong people here. There's a lot to go on, but before we bust it wide open, do you wanna, do you wanna get into the nitty gritty of what's been going on backstage? Uh, yeah. So what happened was, is, so I guess. I, 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 what I what I've been reading so far that it's very uh the details are very unclear okay. and most of the cast of the crew refused to respond. Well, it's a week. The movie's been out for a week, so I can I can definitely get but, that, that. But there's a lot of uh, what happened backstage that couldn't stay behind closed doors, and one of them was the producers uh, Lloyd Levin and okay. Lawrence Gordon kept clashing with Neil Marshall over creative differences to the point that they were belittling him on set. Making nah, him do reshoots good, yeah. and reshoots and reshoots to the point where it made 
David Harbour walk off the set. He refused to do any more shooting for the rest of the day. And you don't really hear anything unprofessional coming out of the Dave Harbour camp. Like you no don't hear, way. Like, you, he's a very he almost like, smack Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, a, he's a very like nice guy. Like I've seen, like, I've seen like his his uh. Emmy acceptance speeches. Like, yeah. he's a very nice guy. Yeah. So for him to just say, listen. Oh, he did do the speech for them. Right, yeah, he time. did the speech yeah, for, yeah, for, yeah. for, uh, for uh, Stranger, Stranger Things. things. Yeah, yeah, he, was the, right. he was the guy that, that threw up the, the yeah. Emmy. Like, we got this. We're number one and we're awesome. Yeah. I'm like, this guy has energy. Yeah. So for him to literally say, I can't do any more reshoots today. I got to get this. Well, I just don't want I, to. I just don't. Like, that's really like, what. That's the take I want. That, stop telling me to do it and over and over again. the producers, again. both of them together, ended up firing his cinematographer his direct his uh, director of photography sam mccurdy to send a message to l- literally like some mobster deal yeah i, I heard about this they um, fired his also, dp i also heard that they, that it can't obviously cannot be clean cut stated that that's why they did it but that no, but it's they, very apparent that that person was close to neil um neil marshall also no neil that's Miller. his that that's probably a dp that he's worked with before oh, for years, yeah yeah that's probably his so, so they fired him to send a message to let him know you're not in charge just because you're they said they said like this on the on the internet it's just because you're the director does not mean you're in charge yeah and i'm just like what yeah they which like, is i mean i don't know what you call that a lack of faith or maybe you that was them trying to um maybe they didn't get the, 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 the like, chair that they want maybe they want to be director or one of them want to be the director i don't know but or maybe they just wanted a putz in the director's chair that they knew that they could do whatever and they that's wanted the problem with, and that happens a lot too that happened with solo Right? Like, yeah. You just want somebody that's you want a corporate yes click. man. You want a point and click guy, and he comes with ideas, and you're like, you know, uh, I don't know about all that. Now, don't get me, don't get it twisted. This is not a Snyder Cut conversation where I'm like, there's a Neil Marshall movie out there, and that thing is five stars, and they muddled it. I do think it's a, it's, it's kind of a confusing thing. I don't know how much of well, it is Neil. And I don't know how much scene that was colorful and had a diff- and, and had this funny tone. And people and people seem like they were having fun, and the action was like these one takes. Yeah, you can tell that that's the director. But when you have the beginning, that stupid King Arthur opening where he, where he stabs the like, Mila Jovich and the blood goes into the tree. There's a lot of with, with the with, with Ian McShane's voiceover. That whole, no, none whole of the times that Mila, none of the time that Mila is beheaded looks real. None of it. None of that. Dude, it and I don't started, know how you do. Have that. you ever seen the voices with Ryan Reynolds? I don't think so. Is that there, a scary movie? Uh, it's a horror comedy where Ryan Reynolds a hears... A horror comedy? Okay, Ryan Reynolds hears voices in his head, yeah. and he talks to his dog and his cat, and his cat tells him to kill people, and his dog tells him to be good. Was Buffy a horror comedy? Buffy, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer? The first movie. Yeah. Okay. And My so, Boyfriend's Back is a horror comedy, right? I have. I think I've, I haven't <laughs> seen... No, I know what My Boyfriend's Back, but I haven't seen it. I'm just... But, yeah, I'm just... I'm sorry. The, I'm just over here. Uh, there was a scene in The Voices where Ryan Reynolds accidentally... Uh, blase blase and spoiler spoiler anyways there's a head in a fridge that looks more real than Mila Jovich's head in this movie yeah I mean I don't the behead like beheaded animate heads have always looked weird I'm trying to think right now if I have a better one you know like oh this is obviously but it's just like the head the reanimated head from scary movie Looked better than oh, the head dear. in this one where she where she was complaining but I will say that this is uh from like, from the old uh girlfriend that what her her liking of this movie was the scene when they were stitching her back together and they had all her body parts yeah she's never seen a movie where uh, uh somebody is being stitched back together and they show that they're in real pain and that yeah. it hurts and the fact that she was like screaming and going ah and and you see like it's hard to like stitch her back together and they're really poking through the skin she said that she loved that because she's never seen like 
an evil villain like that be realistically stitched back together and it hurts. Okay. I so, liked I liked a lot of um the like creature designs and the and the um Oh that crab lady was awesome. Uh, Baba Yaga. The ba- Baba Yaga, yeah, that, yeah, and that as was you know, awesome. That's that's of legend. That's a Rush I think a Russian legend. That's the that's the Russian, boogeyman. Yes. Um That's what they call you know, John Wick. You know, from two from two sources. One, John Wick, and I'm gonna talk about that in a bit. Um and two, um Ant Man and the Wasp. Where they're talking about the Baba Yaga and then and then oh, Ghost he, shows oh. up. And oh yeah! And it leaves, and everyone's like, <gasps> "Baba Yaga!" They all like scared. The, the, uh, Ant Man's guys, yeah, 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 yeah. The Russian like, dude. Yeah, he's talking about. He's like, oh, like the Baba Yaga. So, um, yes, Baba Yaga's in this. Looks absolutely terrifying. Um, it's played by two people. It's played by a female named blah, 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 uh, Emma Tate, but Troy James plays the actual person now. The reason oh, why like the, I know the... Troy James, yeah, is because he was in an episode of The Flash where he played, I want to say, a character called Ragdoll. And so he's one of those, like, contortionist walking on your hands, neck thing. Like, all of that is, is oh, him. so it's like hiring Ray Park to do exactly. the yes. wire work. Yes. And so... That that all of that the way she was moving was so unnatural and 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 oh no but but when she was like crawling backwards and had the the knives the weird, in her hand yeah yeah the that weird, was like, that size scene, that, that, that was like bugging me out I was like yo that's actually pretty I'd be scared honestly I like that I like her little chicken house um oh yeah when it was walking I like the the bat in the beginning of the film the vampire uh, that's bat. what that is what honestly sold me because what happened was when the movie started with that stupid King Arthur thing I'm like oh here we go yeah. and then you see Hellboy and he goes into into the Mexican uh, wrestling place and I'm like oh okay now we're we're getting into it and then he started going back with the talking and I'm just like okay uh oh, then it gets me up again and then it goes yeah. down and it's just it was a roller coaster of 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 different uh, creative differences, and not enough to kind of keep you. Like it had it, it had me interested, and then it just but like it it was like I said like every like every like ten minutes there was like two minutes of drag, and I'm just like okay come on let's let's get this going let's get okay. this going like the scene where the guy was doing the bullet to kill Hellboy yeah I didn't want to see that I didn't care for that that's one thing I'll say about this movie off the top I do think it was too long, um and I normally don't have that inclination oh like, no it was like don't. it was at least 20 minutes too but long. I, at one point i'm like is this is this over and then the way that it ends which we'll get to um it kind of just ends like something happens and then it just plays the the movie is over music and it pans out, out my no but you know like they, like when a movie's about to end they play a certain kind of song oh yeah you know that the credits are about to roll like they play a song they pull back and i'm like Oh, it's all over. What about the big threat that we? There's all the people just ended. They did. They just all disappeared. They all fell, and they all just disappeared. We'll get there in a second. Um, but I had a bit of an issue with uh, Ian McShane's Professor. Wow, Bruce. I actually liked Ian McShane. I, I, so I, I, I'm, Ian McShane's always a win for me. So Ian McShane is usually a win for me. Um, he was one of the best parts of that bad pirates movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like Ian McShane. I actually like him a lot. My issue is there his character of Professor Broom in this is um indistinguishable from his John Wick character, which is probably indistinguishable from his Deadwood character, which is probably indistinguishable from his Game of Thrones character. And so my thing is yeah. in in the Hellboy book and in that first Hellboy film, um, you're supposed to get this feeling that 
Hellboy is a demon spawn that is his right hand is literally the key to the gates of the apocalypse that will open and release a seven-headed dragon that will bring about the end times. And the only reason why he hasn't done that and the only reason why he's not even tempted to do that is the upbringing of Professor Broom. Well, they I mean, they Jonathan Kented. Oh, let's not They Jonathan not Kented go my boy. There. How did they Jonathan now, Kent let me him? explain. So in the first Hellboy film, Professor Broom is shown to be sweet and all that kind of stuff. Then they kill him. Remember Clockwork? Yeah, uh, this Nazi is the, guy kills this him. This is John Hurt. John Hurt is like your, your everyone's favorite grandfather. So, but like, that's the thing. He, in the Hellboy story, one of the calls of action to get all of this rolling is Broom dies. That's that's what happens. It's like the Uncle Ben thing. Yeah. Right. So imagine the Spider-Man movie where Uncle Ben doesn't die and he's also kind of a dick. So it's like that Spider-Man. It's like no, well he but, did he, die. He but but just before he was still a <laughs> yeah, okay, he, yeah, he was a dick. Yeah, he straight up died. But if he was a dick the whole time and he's still alive, it's kinda like, what's going on now? Broom oh, so does you didn't like die that, in this that film. Broom died at the end instead of the beginning. Yeah, Broom does die in this film, but I don't think it changes anything about Hellboy. Uh uh yeah. You understand? I don't yeah. think it, I don't think it's a catalyst thing. It's just something that happens on top of everything that's already happening. Um and because they couldn't get Broom right, they couldn't make him again. It's it's uh, the reason why I say Jonathan Kent is this idea that the only thing that stops Superman from being who he is is the upbringing he got from the regular humans, and it's the same thing with Hellboy. He gets brought up. Broom doesn't have any powers. He gets brought up by a regular guy who feeds him pancakes and lets him pet cats and brings him to school, treats him like a normal kid. So when he grows up into an adult, he almost doesn't understand why everybody hates him and why everybody's angry at him. Whereas Ian McShane's father gives him a gun straight off the bat. You understand? Yeah, and even said you gave me a, you gave me a gun when I was eight you years old. You understand? And so there's a lot of there's a lot of why, like why am I here? Why was I born? Stuff in this film that wasn't in the other two because in the other two he was loved. In part two, well, that's why this one did, didn't capture the identity crisis that right. made the first Hellboy really good in a way. Yeah, like a lot of the a lot of the first Hellboy was bland, and all the blandness is being blamed on Selma Blair. Yeah. I'm just going to straight up blame Selma Blair for the blandness because she was having these scenes she's where not, she's just... Yeah. There was these scenes where she's like, oh, I got this. Stop. Go. And I'm just right. like, oh, come on. you could. I know you. You were in a lot of these movies. You're better. It's like she was better than this, but she didn't get the right direction. Yeah. But the I, the, the identity crisis is what made Hellboy unique in a way. Yeah, I, I feel like my favorite, my favorite bits of what I got, what I gathered... From the comics. What I like about Hellboy is that he lives in this completely batshit crazy insane world. But um, he's been around. He's been on Earth at least since uh, the 1940s. So I think he was born probably in the 1800s. But I, he's well, been this around. this movie shows that he was born in like oh, the, the Nazis. Born, born 1940. Yeah, yeah the Nazis. Oh, you Rasputin. try to use him. Yeah. yeah How is it Rasputin? Yeah, it's the same, same, same thing from uh, uh, movie one, which... Then again, in the same sense, I didn't really need to see again. One hundred percent. You know, we'll get there in a bit. Oh my god! I was just like, I was just like, this is happening again. Like I got all this. those flashbacks was nothing but plot conveniences. Everybody all they that it was just plot armor. Everybody got a flashback. Yo, and like, how is it? This woman just what was her name? Uh, that that white, uh, not white witch. Um, some it was the 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 Hatley, the whatever the her har- that Harlequin or whatever she looked like a like a. 50s jazz singer like oh Lady Hatton yeah Lady Hatton that was it there we go Sophie Okanido Lady Hatton Lady Hatton I 
like she was the plot armor of the film. No, but what does she even do? What is she? Because she just kind of died. She shows up, gives an exposition, tells everybody what they need to know, and then she dies. Well, she essentially just and crossed the, over the uh, scene, Hellboy. The scene where they all die doesn't even happen. Like, they just show up and everyone's dead. They don't even do that they did scene. That, they did that a lot throughout the movies. Like they if you were cutting on your budgets, like come on, man. Yeah, and everything happened already. You don't have to. You don't have to show. Like what every time, Hellboy and 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 the what the B the BDF deal B, uh, BPRD the BPRD. Every time they showed up to a new location, the like, the hog already had since been collected a body part. I want at least show me the hog for three. It, it That's reminded the me of fact that I wanted. It actually reminded me of Justice League one hundred percent, where they were fighting for the mother boxes, and like at one point. In Justice League, they're like, oh, it's right here. Like, the, the, the third one, remember? Uh, Steppenwolf just grabs it and just walks away with it because no one's paying attention. Because, oh my God, it's just uh, But that's craziness. what pissed me off is like, like you are a hellboy. You guys are like, you guys are like men in black, but for mythical beings from hell. So well, that, That's what I'm saying. I think that, I'm, I'm, I'm using the Man of Steel argument again. I think because you shifted Ian, because you shifted Broom, you then uh, uh, saddle but Hellboy with a lot of father issues that he doesn't necessarily have in the comics, nor oh, he had a lot of, of father issues in this that movie. Does a not lot of father issues in the comics because his father loved him. Now his real father is a demon that wants him to open up hell. That's the daddy issues. It's the idea of fighting against destiny. Whereas you hear what th- this is what I meant to say. I, I, this is all uh, long form into saying this. When I read the Wild Hunt, what was Entertaining about it to me was that when they tell Hellboy that, spoiler alert, he is one of the last descendants of King Arthur, therefore he should be able to wield Excalibur. And what they don't tell you in the film, which I thought was even cooler, is that if you're able to wield Excalibur, you also uh, hold command over the legions of dead English soldiers. Every That's crazy. Every, yes. Every English soldier who died on on English soil will be at your command if you're able to wield Excalibur. So, and so the book sets you up for this big underwar, underworld war because it's going to be Nimue and her blood demons or whatever the heck against Hellboy and his undead army of British soldiers or whatever. So it is supposed to be a hodgepodge mess at the end. That, that, that I would have happen. much rather seen that fight instead of the, the, the so fast-paced way they killed her. But because... Um, when he's told all that, or got when, rid of her, even when they, when he tells all that, when he when they tell her him all that, he kind of just rolls his eyes. Hellboy, in a lot of these books that I read with his stories, um, he's not impressed. He's been around for so long that it's like, and you will be the one to pull the sword from the stone. And he goes, "Oh crap!" Like that. It's that more. It's that kind of humor more. And that's where that, that's it's why I feel like Ron Perlman captured the character better. Even though I love. I can't say anything about so, David Harbour, but you know what's a good, Ron Perlman was a great Hellboy. You know what's a good moment from that Hellboy? Um, when he's pulling around the animal by his tongue and like yes. talking to it. He's kind of he's kind of talking crap to it, and 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 uh, you know, I I felt like in this movie, a lot of the jokes were like were that joke, that one joke of that's gotta hurt, or this is gonna be sore in the morning, or this is gonna be you know very like eighties action movie kind of stuff. No, yeah, there was a lot of come here, tough guy. Hey, sunshine, look at me, or yeah, like yeah. like surf up and all yeah, those cat- yeah. one one note catchphrases from the 80s it was a lot of that and i think that has not i think that has nothing to do with 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 gary with neil marshall in a sense and more to do with how hollywood handles their nostalgia and right now for yeah. the past couple of years 80s has been the trendy nostalgia for movies 
from I, Stranger Things to it to come these new coming of ages that feel like they like like they're old style like say anything. Yeah, it's it's weird. So like I I see the lot of one note eighties action in this movie and that and that didn't work. Yeah, but what did work was the it was. Well, only two scenes had one shots, and I feel like all their action should have been one shot. Well, like, see, I like the I like the uh, the the giant one shot thing. But to get to go back a little earlier, um, speaking of um, you know uh, that that scene with the with the vampire bat, it's like that spoke to me of a man who's done this eight hundred million times. You yeah, know, like he was just trying to get his friend so back. I'm literally just trying to get my friend back. I know that you're all here. But I'll fight him. I know that, you know, this is it. This is all kind of weird, but I do this. Like, I, I wanted to feel that, but I felt like he was almost, um, what do they call that? Like, like doe-eyed. Like, he was almost a, like a deer in headlights and they were like, and, you know, you can get the sword and you, me and you can be married. Like, he was very impressed by all the prophecy and, and all that. And then at one point he's like, he keeps asking his dad, like, why, why'd you, why'd you bring me? Why'd you? Why'd you bring me home? You came yeah, to kill there was me. a lot of that you unnecessary. Why didn't you just kill me you already? Came to like, kill me. Why didn't you kill me? In the comics, it's almost expressed. I don't think it's ever said outright because he never has that question for his father because he feels like his father loves him. So, um, it's it's almost expressed that even though he has a very demonish appearance, they call him a he's a little boy. And that's how you get Hellboy. A first thought of that when they see him is that it's a baby, and so Broom never treats him up like anything else but that, and so. There's already a deep-seated sympathy, but I feel like Ian McShane's Professor Broom would have taken him in just to keep him out of the hands of everybody else. That's 100% what happened. And they even say, like, you, you brought me in to make me a weapon. You gave and me a gun at I eight years like old. I felt like he was eventually going to say that, and we never get it. Like, he was eventually going to be like, well, I'd rather you with us than with the enemy or something. And maybe that would have been a little bit of a creative, like, oh... Damn, like well, wow, there was too much but... subtlety to it. There's, there's so much you have to. It's open ended. Like maybe if you interpret it the right way, no, nah, just screw that. just tell <laughs> us exactly. Just tell us. Uh, what else? Let me see what the, else yeah, didn't well, work the, here. Uh, the thing, the shit thing... producers is what didn't work. <laughs> the thing, the thing that really, uh, I guess you could say, grinds my gears is that a lot of the excitement came from the idea that Mike Mignola, Mignola, the creator of the Hellboy comic, was going to be working on the film. Uh, he had already confirmed that the film would draw inspiration from Darkness Calls, The Wild Hunt, which I said I read, and I also read The Storm and the Fury. What's crazy about The Wild Hunt is that that's the one that he gets brought in by the Osiris Club to fight the Giants and then pull Excalibur out to fight Nimue. Once he pulls the Excalibur out, to my knowledge, the comic ends. He never, ha- he never has the fight with Nimue. You have to then read The Sword and the Fury, and in The Sword and the Fury, uh, The Storm and the Fury, I'm sorry, spoiler alert, he beats Nimue, but Nimue is able to, before she dies, pull his heart out and send him to hell. See, all of this See, stuff would have been cool. See, all crazy, Yeah, all of this stuff, stuff could have been cool. It, but it was the creative differences. And I bet you Neil Marshall would have wanted that. I probably wanted that stuff in there. Because that sounds like Constantine-type style stuff. Definitely, uh, definitely. Of getting something pulled out of your body and being sent to hell. Come on, man. Yeah. This is all Constantine that we've seen before. This is stuff in Westworlds that you've seen before. This out-of-world stuff. One of the coolest scenes, literally the coolest scene in this entire movie, was a damn prophecy for 15 seconds. Oh, when yeah, he had the yeah, horns yeah. and he was riding in on the three-headed dragon. I did like his transformation dragon. once he grabbed the sword, but But I felt it did nothing. Literally nothing came from that. That's what I'm saying. It did, you're you're 100% that. right. Nothing came from it. Um, I try to do my best uh, to 
write down what I consider the story beats, the different story arcs and directions. So we have the Arthurian legend, right? With Excalibur and the last descendant and Merlin and all that. You have um, the wild slash giant hunt where, where you're dealing with all that and, and how they do it every so, so years and legend has it and yada, yada, yada. You have Hellboy's reluctance to hunt monsters in the BPRD where he's like, why should I be hunting my own kind? Yada, yada, yada. You have Hellboy Which fighting like against that. his destiny um, to start the apocalypse and join Nimue. Um, you have uh, Hellboy's mistrust of his father figure. You have that weird Pigman's revenge. You have Nimue's revenge. Thought if you just would have cut out Nim- Baba Yaga's revenge. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. That, um, that scene. I want to be back to Gathar. They're all Nimue's getting revenge, but the only reason why she's getting revenge is because Pigboy was able to put her together because that's Pigboy's revenge, and Pigboy knows to put Nimue together. Just a henchman from Baba Yaga, yeah. Because Baba Yaga. So it was just it was just a villain of coincidences. Three villains are acting in this one plan, but but guess what, Dan? They're all working to kill Hellboy, seemingly right. Baba Yaga wants to kill. Baba Yaga wants to help Pigboy. Baba Yaga's uh, resolution in her in the film was probably the worst part of that damn movie. Uh, I freaking hated it because once she once once she said what she said, I knew Ian McShane was dying. Where she uh, was like, "Keep your eyes, but you're gonna use them to see the one person you love most I die." I thought the girl was gonna die. To tell you the truth, I, I knew, completely forgot that I knew, she prophesied that. Early I knew on, it was yeah. good. Once she said that, I'm like, "Great, Ian McShane's dying." I didn't tell Jasmine. I didn't. I, I kept it to myself because I didn't yeah. want to spoil it. But I was just like, once, "I rolled my eyes there." I rolled my eyes so hard. I was like, "Really? That's how you?" Get, you had one of the coolest fight-looking fight scenes. You could have threw her around the room. She could have caught to the walls and jumped back like a spider. There's, there was, there there's was, so many ideas. There was definitely a lack of um, subtlety because there's a moment in which they're sitting at a, like a banquet table. He, she offers him some food, and then he looks at it, and he sees a hand, and he goes, Is that a child? Ch- yeah. And I feel like in a better movie, that wouldn't have been the line. Like... He probably would have looked at. And the, he would have said it. He would have, he would have looked would have at the thing, anything. looked at the hand. They would have showed a close up of the hand in this in this soup or stew, or whatever. And then they would have showed him looking at the door, where he sees the hung, the hung children, and we would have been able to. That's the problem. And then Baba Yaga would have said something like, "Fresh meat so hard to come by these you days." You are one hundred percent describing my problem with exposition yeah. because these are just lines that are thrown out for the audience and it serves no purpose to the actual story or dialogue. No yeah. real two people talk like this. Yeah. No real two people exposit information we already know because right. then what's the conversation? And the thing is, Baba Yaga is supposed to be the boogeyman so taking kids, killing them, like R-rated movie, go for it, but then go for it. Don't, don't. That's the problem. Don't halfway you go have the, for it. The problem was is you had the gore where you didn't need it and then where you needed it, you didn't have it. Yeah, that's actually, uh, that's actually a pretty apt, uh, pretty apt thing there. Um, yeah, I, and I, like I said, I really, really dug Baba Yaga but then that whole thing, that whole instance there because Baba Yaga wants revenge on Hellboy, gets the pig boy to help her get revenge. And, and it wasn't Nimue. even clear what, what did Hellboy Nimue do to her? Took her eye. That was it? Remember, and then she oh, was yeah, going to get just... an eye back in the, in the, Oh, that kiss deal. was just so unnecessary. Oh, Baba kiss was uh, ridiculous. Uh, so when she did it, I thought she was... I honestly thought, and I don't know where this came from, that this was the beginning. Like, she was going to kiss him, and her tongue was going to go up to his eye and take it. I thought that all of this was some kind of weird ritual that would get her what she needed. But no, she just wants to make out with Hellboy. And the thing is, she, through Pigboy, gets Nimue resurrected to destroy Hellboy. Nimue rises and goes, I should marry Hellboy. 
Because if I marry Hellboy, we can get the apocalypse. And so, if Hellboy just just gave in, him and Nimue would have been on top. Pig Boy's dead, and Baba Yaga couldn't do anything about it. And so then, what the hell was the point of resurrecting Nimue to kill Hellboy if at the end of the day, the first thing she does when she's alive goes... I think I want to date that That's guy. That's the damn problem. All of these revenges and, and the plots, it's like once we get to where, you, where you're at the end of their story, it's just, okay, just write it off real quick. How did, like, look at the pig. He's, he's beating the crap out of Hellboy and the tiger and, and that uh, cheetah guy. And I'm like, yo, this, this crap is actually pretty cool. You got this big-looking boar dude fighting Hellboy. And then, hey, don't kill him. I like him. I'm just gonna keep shrinking you down to the size. Now you look like Scrappy Doo from the first Scooby Doo sh- movie. I'm gonna shrink you, but not not shrink you till you die. Shrink you uh, to a point and then just explode you. Yeah, like, like because if you shrunk something, it wouldn't explode. It would just keep shrinking, I guess, till then, it got to the quantum realm, and then yeah. it would fight Thanos. But you you don't squish you don't squish something. To it literally looked like Scrappy Doo from the first Scooby Doo movie, and, did, then, and and even with the small boy, it's like it's not fair, it's not fair. You promised me my revenge, and blah blah blah. I guess small people mean small vocal cords. I don't. I don't there's well, some I mean, I guess because the like vocal that. cords are small in the voice. But still, science. it's because science. It's still why are you gonna why science why is that the part you're gonna apply science to? <laughs> of all the parts of this film that you're not gonna apply science to? Why is that the part? <laughs> oh, um, I have to say this here because I read I just read this right now looking up. Uh, the casting, Milia Jovich uh, defends Hellboy, saying it's. Yes, all- she defends Hellboy. I bet you money she wasn't there for shooting eighty percent of it. Every, oh, no. every scene that she's in is in a green screen. And girl. I love what she said. She's like, it's always stressful on opening weekend, and Hellboy is no different. Jovich recently shared on social media to, in the face of bad reviews. You work super hard to make something fun and entertaining, and you have to absorb the negative reviews by critics. But hey, that's showbiz, baby. All I'm going to say is before going to bed is this. All my raddest films have been slammed by critics, and it's fucking hilarious. Daisy Confused, seriously, classic movie. Fifth Element, you would have never thought that was the worst movie ever made if you read the reviews in 98. Zoolander, Slammed, Joan of Arc, Disaster, Resident Evil. Who is she in? Oh, she's um. Let's not even go there. She was um, a nurse in uh, Zoolander. I was like, who the heck is she in Zoolander? Resident Evil, let's not even go there. Anyways. With the eight Resident Evil films? Every every one of those films is now a cult classic. She's not wrong. They are cult classics by that definition. Every single one of them. This will be two. Mark my words. I I like it. She's not wrong. So this film to me. Feels like two different films mashed into each it's, other. You are one hundred percent right. Like, it feels like Resident Evil. It feels like a mixture of Resident Evil and Silent Hill on one side, and Army of Darkness on the other side. <laughs> this is my big hand. I, there should have been more Army of Darkness, though. If if they would have gotten more to the, this is another Monday of of it all. I think you really would have got somewhere, but. But that's why they, that's they, why they, they had it. They, they had it in the beginning. But you know what I think is the problem? I think they made Hellboy angsty. A little and too I, angsty. And, yeah, man. And whenever you, it reminds me of Wolverine in Origins. This was very Wolverine Origins ish. I said like, that. Like, where is your like? Why are you so upset? Like you, we were all fine and stuff. And yeah, and I get that you're really mad. And literally, one person Nimue has one conversation with him that causes him to to like. Disregard Eric. He goes back to the PPRD. He's giving his dad shit. He's giving you know somebody else shit. He's like, maybe I won't do this. Maybe I will. I don't care. Why are maybe we hunting freaks? Yeah, all this stuff, and none of it is said in like a. Hey, let's talk about this. I got you know. No, what I'm you're right. Everything it's a very is yelled, teenage angsty. Yelled across the across the room, 
and also he could slam a door and walk away. And it's like, you're the protagonist in this film. You're the hero. You're the guy I'm supposed to be like, I want to be him when I grow up. But you have a lot of problems. And don't get it twisted. I'm not the kind of person that says your protagonist can't be layered and have issues and go through issues. But this felt like a lot. Like this. No, but this like... this was this was whiny Deadpool ver- uh, Deadpool. Sorry, this was whiny Hellboy versus Identity Crisis Hellboy, and the way Ron Perlman just handled it was just. And I think you don't need whiny Hellboy, um, with with, with the character that um, Mila Jovovich played. You need metal Hellboy, like you need, you know, like balls to the wall Hellboy. You you finding somebody called the Blood Queen, like this could have been way better. And uh, when I talk about metal, I talk about Ragnarok. Ragnarok dealt with a lot. This of could have been a very colorful film, like Ragnarok, in a sense. If not colorful, then at least well, no, I like mean a colorful metal, in, like in a metal, tone. At least it's like a metal uh, poster or something. Like that, you know what I'm saying? Um, it really, with all of its imagery, all of its occult occult status, the le- le- the le- the legit legendary um, character design that is Hellboy, you had you could have knocked all this out of the park. Everything was there waiting for you. Um, and you-, you can do this with a character that you can't do anything else. After watching that movie and not liking it as much as I wanted to, I immediately thought of how cool would a comic series be of literally any comic book character getting roped into some weird underground paranormal investigation stuff. Like, what if Oliver what if, Queen all yep. of a sudden had to start What if Hawkeye hunting? was a ghost hunter? Yeah, what if they have to all of a sudden have to hunt ghosts? And it's like, that would be so cool. Which, Disney, if you're listening to this, please try and produce X-Men vs. Zombies or something. <laughs> Give us oh, something. DC Marvel vs. Doing, um, deceased. Deceased? Deceased. And I think it's going to be some sort of like... Well, like TV show? No, it's going to be a comic. comic series. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. I've read, Mar- I read like at Wolverine vs. Zombie vs. The Undead or whatever those... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Whenever they turned like the Marvel Zombies series, I read that Marvel Zombies series in high school, so I fell in love with it. That's what I'm saying. If if there's gonna be a Disney Plus streaming service, they should definitely work on maybe a min a ten episode miniseries of like Agent Shield versus Agent the Agents of Shield versus like zombies. That would be yeah, that's pretty cool. I feel like another thing is like I said that level of you know um, nonchalantness isn't in here. Um, the, in the Hellboy, there was a Hellboy book I read called Weird Weird Tales, where every story is like a four-page story. It, they're all, and it's supposed to illustrate how often he's called up and deals with. He's the well, that's uh, what it is. it's like the Men in at Black. One point he's called oh. the world's the world's most famous in paranormal. Oh yeah, they they said the they said it in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. they said the world's most famous paranormal invest or private investigator or whatever. Um, and so it's like, yeah, that's where he's supposed to be. And imagine Men in Black, but there was no other agent there was this one guy now he has you know abe sapien and and um Liv sherman uh you know he has people on his squad but a lot of the hellboy stories is him solo so imagine so like like throw will smith like i said imagine just imagine men in black with see, just, like, just will not smith. Ju- yeah, jessica jones in that kind of setting a yeah, private investigator you know for the paranormal and, and like and the way and um Hellboy is very Jessica Jones. Very he both alcohol. Heavily. I was just about to say he both alcoholics. Wow, there's a and, little and bit of a just, parano- parallel. He loves the people that he loves, but in the same sense, he doesn't want to be dealing with the people that he doesn't have to. He want doesn't to want to deal attachments with. to the people he's doing the private investigating for. I feel yeah, like. a lot of that. So he'll be like, he'll come into a room and uh, they'll be like, you know, watch out because you know there's a ghost in there. And he'll walk into the room and, and the ghost will be like, who is there? And they're like he'll be like, come on, come out. 
Well, I'm not. I'm not dealing with all this right now. And Bob Pearl was doing a lot of that. Yeah, from the first that. I remember. I I remember him doing stuff. scenes like, "Come on, guy, let's let's not do this again." Yeah, like, then they were like, "But you know, I want." Like, yeah, I know what you want, but I'm here to stop you. They already pay me the money, so I might as well do this job the right way. And I feel like if you added that level of Army of Darkness, if you added that level of Bruce Campbell, you know, groovy. If you added that level of poking fun you know and doesn't Which have to be I Deadpool. think if you just sort of fire those two producers and bring us in Sam Raimi to produce the thing yeah a Sam Sam Raimi and Neil and Neil Marshall working together to produce this keeping the like their fucking DP yeah. would have been perfect cuz firing this, the DP was just unnecessary hearing everything you know hearing everything together i feel like this was destined to fail I, you know no pun intended with the prophecies that are told in this film no when when you have this kind of traction in your behind the scenes there's no way that they can be an A plus movie yeah there's no way movies like Solo become A plus movies and not to mention that this was uh, was already going to try to fit inside of the shoes created by Guillermo del Toro and while those may not be the best shoes in the world those shoes fit a lot of fans problem was is a lot of the the Good fight scenes were CGI to hell. The 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 scene where uh Mila Jovich was getting her blood back from the tree and she put her hand out. What happened there? It was so what? okay. Because what happened? I remember the so be- the blood. So she was when able she got to be stabbed by King Arthur. Any yeah. Blood. Well, the, the her her blood when she got stabbed by King Arthur Went got soaked tree. up into the tree and the right. tree held it. Yes. So, and so, but then they resurrect her sans blood, and she's able to stand. Well, she cut the yeah, she cut the tree, put her hand out, and the blood just came so from the tree. So, what was she before without the blood? Not you. She had no coloration. Right, she was right, gray. Right. She was also oh, that brought her like all the way. The, back. the, the blood would be the fine because she is the blood queen. So, yeah. a blood queen with no blood is not a blood queen. Yes. So, but but just the way that the blood was going from the tree into her hand was just it, it was so cr- like the looked, color was crimson looked, it looked milky she looked really modern like she did not look like an old style witch I don't know if that's I don't know what to it was Mila Jovich playing Mila Jovich at the end of the day yeah literally, like literally the, whatever character they, they needed like insert like. insert evil character generic something number here so it's like there you go let's go real quickly uh, over this plot and just stop me when you feel like mentioning something ridiculous which I feel like will be multiple times in this uh, but let's start with that old exposition that you love so much. Because during the age of King Arthur, Nimue, the Blood Queen, is betrayed by her coven and dismembered by Merlin and King Arthur, who scatter her remains across Europe. I did like the idea like you have to cut her up and put her in different boxes. I did like that. Was, that was that, awesome, that's, yeah. That does seem like uh, something. And then they scattered her. like oh, like They didn't just put her in like three different towns. Like They went yeah. all across Europe. You would think all across. And so this has got to be the hardest thing to do. Super easy, barely an inconvenience because Pig Boy just goes. Oh my all god, up. he went from like Paris to Italy to Grabbed like Germany. He's good. It's like He's what? Fine. How did you even get that and then far? They, they even play up a scene for last. Remember where she's like watching TV? God, and I remember. Yeah, he and comes she's... in. I couldn't understand that pig guy half the time. He had like this weird Cockney accent, and it was he was like, it was all that one. That's exactly how he sounded. That's exactly how he sounded. He he already had a bad accent, and he was also a pig, so it was very hard. Oh, you don't even imagine what I had to go through to get this one. Why are you showing us Mila Jovich on a couch? Why aren't you showing us what you went through to go through this one? That's the problem. I don't want to see her sitting like she starts with the whole. Oh, so this is what the world has become. It's I'm like, the fifth it's element e- all it's over again. It's everything all over again. It's the apocalypse. We're learning. Yes. It's all that stuff. You are, are you again. really going to learn the entire world history by watching TV? Watching uh, Desperate Housewives. And now, you did, now you've now you decided that uh, mankind needs to be destroyed because you've seen 
one bad episode of Desperate Housewives. Nothing. So, listen, I understand you. You had to sit through the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. The a lot of us do, but rough. it is. A lot of the channels you skip, but. Don't skim through those channels. Go to the movie channels or something. Yeah. Which is funny. Or listen to a podcast. I have, I have a question, because though. If, I think if you would have listened to this podcast, you would have realized that humanity is worth keeping. See, you know? what would be funny is, if Mila Jovich is flipping through the movie channels, would she come across a movie like Resident Evil? Or Hellboy? Or, <laughs> would, would, Hellboy. yeah, would she, would she come across like, uh, like, wow, this one looks like this, much this, better this, than this, lady, this lady looks pretty familiar. I, I, I wonder who she looks like. This like, robot woman who's not emoting <laughs> looks very like, familiar to me. Oh, my God. Uh, we see our boy Hellboy for the first time um, going to Mexico to get an uh, agent named Ruiz. Um, but it turns out... Who, apparently, he's his, his best friend or something like that is a very emotional yeah. connection towards him. I didn't get it, but... He's like, a vampire, and then he, like, stabs him through the ring post, which is kind of gruesome. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, one, a lot of those, like, in-your-face death scenes that are pretty awesome. Rui says, uh, "The end is near, right? That's what." Uh, the end is coming, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. And, and that's those are the three Spanish words that just set Hellboy in motion for and the he, rest of the movie. And he, that's just him. And he says it to himself, and then somebody's like, "What does that mean?" And he's like, "Oh, don't it's something that my friend said." You just straight up just tell him what it means. Anyway, uh, we see Pig Boy, because I cannot say that name. It's like. Garugash. It's funny because I had read it a million times in the comics. Garugash. And then he said it in the movie, and I was like, "Is it? Is it said that easily?" He said it pretty simply, but I can't. I what I okay. You wanted to stop to get at, at something stupid. As much as I love this character and felt that his motivations were a lot more clear and uh, con- uh cohesive to the narrative of the story more than Nimue. Yeah. Like I felt like. This is something I would want to see. I would want to see a, vi- a villain character who has a grudge against our guy you know what? get bigger and yes. have that CGI. And you know what? Guess what? This film should have been the film that he grabbed Pig Boy as a changeling from when he, we go see, to that's find what I understand. that baby. Well, he was a fairy, but then he got touched by copper and, and then that, turned into a pig? A story. All of that's a story. All of that's real. And he does save that baby. It's it, it's supposedly a, good, a really good story. That's the only one I, I hadn't read. When I read The Wild Hunt, no, I got I'm the same. I got more the same... interested in that than anything. I yeah. like that backstory. I like the, the the girl by his side. I like that that that. Well, I mean, okay, that whole new best friend starts off as your enemy cliche shit. I can't stand. Oh, I honestly, I I, think I that... hated you in the beginning, but now through uh, different reasonings and moral this reasons, gonna, I love you now. This is gonna sound probably pretty bad, but. This movie did absolutely did not need um, that Daimyo character. He did absolutely nothing. Um, he transformed once in the whole film, and you've already seen it because it's in the trailer. I hate the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde angle uh, angle where you hate freaks so much because you are a freak, but, but no, you have no, the no, antidote that. to keep yourself from a freak. It's the it's the invest, it's the Professor X crap from Days of Future Past. But they give us the trailer in which he transforms into a jaguar. And the very, Jaguar? the very first thing that he says, or the very first thing in relation to the Jaguar that he says is like, oh yeah, a bunch of my friends got killed by this Jaguar guy. And we flash back to what I'm presuming so is a fake. So many flashbacks. A, but that's a fake flashback or something, right? Because he didn't die. He is now the Jaguar. And it's never explained that he got, did he get bit? Oh, honestly, I Jaguar? was like so like zoned out with that scene. Was he possessed by the spirit of Jaguar? And I know. I think it was the dead. the zombie effect. If you get bit or you got he got scratched by the Jaguar, so it's like the. Uh, the so is the original Jaguar dead? 
I'm did he kill that Jaguar? I'm guessing. I'm thinking it's the American Werewolf in London bit, where if like the original uh, werewolf scratches you and bites you, you transform into it and they die. Okay, maybe that's what. Maybe that was the case. Um, yeah, you never hear from it again. You never. Hellboy should have heard about a jaguar that attacks a, mili- a military or something like that. Yeah, he has ridiculous um, scars on his face, and it turns out that. That he's a freak the whole time. Yeah. Dun, dun, but he dun. also doesn't look like a jaguar. His CGI jaguar doesn't look like a real jaguar. It was so it horrendous. Was like, it was the, matted, the CGI in this like movie was horrendous. Yeah, his face was like all morphed in some weird humanoid way. Soft, and you couldn't. Yeah, see like fur. he was like bald. It, had, it looked it, like he was bald. It had the right texture for like fur or hair. And then his hi- jaguars don't have hind legs like that. The Those that hind ripped, legs were the weird. Ones that ripped out through the thing. A whole American Werewolf in London transformation. It was just we, a lot of the CGI was bad. When it was bad, it was bad. But when it was good, it was good. We we find out that majority of this is going down because uh, Pig Boy, um, who had been um, treated unfairly by Howboy, um, he touched me with copper after I was trying to kidnap a baby, and now I want revenge. Yes, I think it was nickel, maybe. Iron, I think it was. Iron. It, it was must have iron. been iron because he had a, he had his a, leg a, by a, a horseshoe. Fuck. Yeah, he had to get him by a horseshoe. It was so a horseshoe, yeah. It's like I was trying to do something evil and Hellboy stopped me. Now I want revenge. Insert so, cliche here. So he goes to Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga's like, oh yeah, just restore the Blood Queen, the one that just got all cut up, and um, you'll be good. He'll she'll take out Hellboy. So later, Hellboy goes to the BPRD um, and talks to Broom about um, going to England, and Broom tells him, hey, listen, I need to join this. A place called the Osiris Club hunt these three wild, these three humongous giants, um, and uh, yeah, if they call it the Wild Hunt. They do it every year. Usually, fight one. There's gonna be three, so um, they're gonna need your help for it. So he goes over there. He meets Lady Hatton, Queen of Exposition, who tells him like, "Oh yeah, by the way, that's another thing. There was absolutely no reason for her to bring this up." He's there to oh, help. She with really the wild set hunt. him up to die. She showed up and was like, "By the way, here's your origin story." <laughs> yeah, and then like, left. Oh, you're Hellboy. Here, let me tell you everything the audience needs to know, real quick, about you, about your life. So she gives him his origin story, and then they all just kind of bounce because uh, they go to go um, hunt the giants, and he goes, "This looks like a place where uh, this looks like the place where it could be an ambush." And they're like, this is exactly what we were thinking. <laughs> they just start. This happens in the comic, and when it happens in the comic, it's one shocking because like, why are you guys doing this? I thought this whole the whole book was almost written like, oh, we're gonna go fight those giants. And you're like, what's going on? And the only vagueness that you get is what's said, which is like, you will never sit on the queen's throne or something like you would never. I, they said, uh, do you really think we would ask you for help? The rightful king of England or whatever the hell like that, and that happens. And so you're just like, what? There's the more happened? foreshadowing, more, <coughs> more foreshadowing uh, for a you. More interesting movie that you'd want to watch, but like 100. And then what I didn't like was just the whole abruptness. Of, like it was just so quick. It was out of nowhere. It's like, okay, yeah, I then, guess they're gonna betray him now for no reason. And then did, tell me if I got this right. So they attack him. He runs and he runs slash falls slash gets knocked out and falls underwater. Yeah. And. The giants just kill everybody yeah. else. Yep. The not giant, the, not what, the red man that's floating in the water. They just kill the three people around. Well, what happened was is I from the the way the, the I thought it was brilliant camera angle because yeah. you actually see a POV shot of Hellboy and you only Through see his water. big and you see yeah. his big hand and you see like the the thing of the water and then all of a sudden you just see a big giant fucking uh 
club just take out the guy. And I was like, okay. And then yeah. it goes black, and then it comes up. You see Hellboy. But this is where it took my suspension of disbelief because I'm like, all right, you stabbed him a few times. Okay, no, you stabbed him a bunch of times. Oh, no, you're putting spears, spears through, him. through him. Oh, and also, all these spears are electrical, remember? He's in the water. Like, I get you're from hell, but, I mean, yeah, I think you might. The, it's, it's not about the, the heart stopping. It's more about your brain turning to mush or your teeth melting together. I actually thought it was pretty horrifying, the idea that at one point they shock him to the point where his skin is just starts smoldering. You see his skull through. Like, you see, yeah, you see the skeleton it through. It starts to like, sizzle and stuff, and I'm like, this is a lot. But um, he's able to get away. Um, in the meantime, um, yeah, because the giants come through and they kill the hunters. Uh, Pig Boy kills a bunch of monks to get the head of Nimue, who's like, oh, yeah, by the way, get my other pieces. And he's like, yeah, that's what I was that's doing. The only, <laughs> that's that's the <laughs> only scene that we get to to seeing the, the pig guy take out. It's like, the, I, cause, cause it's like you, my queen, I will go and get all your pieces so you could be uh, full and you could be whole. And it should be like, yes. Now you must get all my pieces so that I can be whole. And like, I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, that, you, we all just said that. That's exactly what's gonna happen. And, anyway, it's because you know that each piece is in a church. Yeah. So why did you like foot foot the, well, bu- the, the budget one, like that? No, matter of fact, now that I think about it, that was probably the most metal part of the of the thing is the idea that uh, an enchantment was placed on the box that has her head in it. That only a man of God can speak the enchantment and break the box. So he tries to get a man of God to break his vow of silence to speak it. And when he doesn't, he rips his out his vocal cords vocal and cords, eats it. Eats it, which I'm guessing then slid his vocal cords into where his vocals are and then spoke. Like, because I don't, science. I don't, I don't understand the mechanics of it, but the idea that, like, I've seen that before of, like, I'll just rip out your vocal cords. Well, see, I can't what, remember what movie pop- it was, but it was like, I'll just rip it out. And oh, I think it. I've seen a horror movie that was like that, where like they ripped out, they did rip out the voice box. Like, you see them the talking thing. through their yeah, voice yeah, box yeah, thing. Yeah. I've I seen that before. I can't remember what it was, but you can definitely do that. And that's so creepy. Or maybe I'm getting that from Jurassic Park 3, where they had the oh, raptor. Alan. Nora! Nora! Oh my god. A much better movie you'd rather watch. Gosh. Um, but yeah, he uh, regains his consciousness, Hellboy. He fights some giants. That was pretty cool. And that's another The giants thing. was like the best fight scene in the movie. Another thing is in the comic, um, you know, he 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 what they don't really they don't really show the first time of him fighting the giants. Like it's, it almost cuts away in the comic. And then you um later on when they tell him the King Arthur thing, he's talking to Alice and Alice is like, "What are you so bummed about? Like be king and take the sword or whatever." And he's like, "You don't get understand. Like I don't mess with swords." But earlier today, I grabbed the sword off this giant, and I ki- and they look. They go back, and he massacred them, million little pieces. Which was an awesome and looking he scene. Says, he puts the damn sword on his back, and he's swinging yeah, around. And, and so then he says, awesome. he says, like I never felt more comfortable, like whatever. And so when he starts to kill the giants here, I'm like, oh, he's gonna go ham, and he kind of does, but he kind of just kills them. Like he throws one thing through one of their eyes. The other one. Falls. That was what the problem was. A lot of it was let me just attack the eye, attack the eye while I get beat up for the audience. One of them was he falls through, right? He falls. He through falls the right through the and fucking the entrails sword. And stuff falls on top of Hellboy. Oh, what have you been eating? You're, yeah. And he burps, right? Oh, another basic basic insert fart joke here yeah. and all that crap. I can't remember what happened to the third one. The third one was the with, with the the sword. Remember, he throws the sword on his oh, back yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's spinning around, cuts like his leg off, cuts anything like. Just stabs him. It was pretty dope. Um, he loses consciousness, wakes up in Alice's house, his off old friend of his, a girl he once rescued from fairies. 
She uh, kind of she kind of reminded me of the actress that played Ghost in Ant Man and the Wasp. Yes, I I agree. Um, a SWAT team invades the flat because of Broom, and um, they're like, "Yeah, by the way, Nimway's uh coming, so we need you to go to the Osiris Club and grab the last piece of her body." And um, that's when he's the that's when Broom is like, "Here's Ben uh Daimyo." You know, he's going to be your babysitter, which is exactly what happened in the first film and exactly what happened in the second film. And the first film is that regular guy, and the second film is that Klaus well, I have to... smoke monster guy. Because I can't remember who was, who was his babysitter. In the, the first one, it was a regular human. The one that tried to date Liz. No, no, that, the actor. The I'm trying to oh, I can't remember his name. I think he died from that movie, too. Um, then... M11. I can't believe they... Ca- and, they're in Bo- and they're all in Br- Britain, too, or London. Like, you could... Yeah, oh, but then God. Man, which reminds me of the Men in Black international thing like we're just gonna take the franchise to london or england and see how they deal with brexit and that's how we're just gonna and how things are going on um so hellboy's gonna go find this last piece in the osiris club and he's with alice and ben's like what are you doing this girl can't come with us and he's like she's the only one i could trust and then they're like ask broom and broom's like yeah she can come and so alice just comes that was the she just comes one of the dunnest for the thing. For uh, are we still doing phrasing or yeah, sure. We're still <laughs> phrasing. Uh, they find everyone in the club slaughtered, and then what I know is your favorite part. So I'll let you talk a little bit about this. Uh, everyone in the club is dead. So how the hell are they supposed to get any information? Well, our dear Alice has a special power. I hate this <laughs> crap. Oh <laughs> my hold god. On, hold on, hold on. I'll let you describe. Oh people. man. But uh, she uses her power to communicate with Nate. With communicate with and through Lady Hatton. Uh, Dan, would you like to explain? Oh my God! Have you guys Alice's ever seen the power? thing? Have you ever seen seen American? What was it? American Haunting in Connecticut or, or any of those crappy movies? Uh, Green Mile. So basically, she could talk with the dead. She's like a medium. Once a body dies, she like puts her hand on like uh, well, she puts her hand on like their face, and then their body pops through her mouth. She like throws she re- up. This. She reanimates them by puking. But they're almost like a weird inside out. They're like a big. It looks like a giant worm. They look like an organ. Like there's yeah. like veins and goo on them and stuff. Uh, but then they're, they're just a body from the torso and they up. They just speak. They just have whole com. At the ending, Ian McShane's having a half an hour conversation with Hellboy. My God, even, even Superman didn't get that kind of conversation. Meanwhile, with Alice is like Kent. down there. Getting your machine up. Yo, so. that looks so messed up. She, uh, that I hate is like, like uh, you might want to leave because uh, this is going to get scary. He's like, nope. I yeah, so I was thinking right there, like, what is she talking about? Like, what is it? What's going to be? So and then it was just it? like, she just throws it up. I'm just like, oh, this, this is so kind of. There has to be a better way. There has to be a better way. That's what I'm saying. I was like, I get what you're going with in the element of Hellboy and how special it is. But it's like, there's, like you said, there's got to be a better way to do this. There's no way. freaking way that. She just throws up a whole entity, yeah, and that they could actually talk in their conscious and everything, and and they sense things, and that whole screaming shit was. They can ter- tell jokes. They can do all kinds of weird things. Um, just like in this case, uh, instead of just telling him from the get, Lady Hatton could have just been from the get. Hey, listen, Nimue's coming. She's looking for a king. Don't be the king. Uh, they have to wait till she dies. They reanimate her, and she says basically that. Um. We find out that Hellboy um, had, uh, you know, that Pigboy stole Alice as a baby. Hellboy saved her life. That's why they're so cool. And that's why Pigboy wants revenge. Um, Damio 
takes them to the M11 headquarters and has a special bullet that's going to kill Hellboy that he never uses. Literally, if you took all the plot point about the bullet out, the movie would be exactly the same. Um, that's the fat have, in the movie that I hate. No need for it. At that's all. the I, that's the fat in the movie that I can't stand. Is just I didn't need three minutes of him comprising a bullet from the what was it the saliva of Pope John Paul the yeah, third. I can't even remember. I can't even remember. To tell you the truth it was the movie. body fluids of three different popes. What do you mean three different popes? How do you still have you the body? You can't even be sure that that would work. Like you just that seems like something that would work in theory. You know that, that you know that reminds me it reminds me from from Dogma. Where, where where she's where, where she's like Bethany blessed the sink, and, and she she Who blesses the, the sink. God in that? Wasn't it Alanis Morissette? Uh, it was Alanis Morissette that played yeah. God in it. Yeah. Yep, another movie you rather watch. Uh, isn't that ironic? <laughs> I, I had to do it. I had to do it. Um, yeah. So then Hellboy's like, "Why didn't you kill me?" And Broom's like, "Because I saw potential in you." And then Hellboy goes to an elevator, and the elevator takes him to Baba Yaga. He keeps hitting up and it keeps going down and then eventually takes it to some. Yeah, I, I didn't realm. know what the hell was going on, but for a while I was like, "Wait, how long? How deep is this underground where warehouse place? Like, isn't the facility already like underground?" And then it went to the dimension. I was like, "Oh, this is this is pretty cool." So Hellboy's like, "Hey, listen, I need to know where Nimue's at." And she's like, "Hey, listen, nigga, give me your eye." And he's like, "Hey, listen, I'll do that." And she's like, "Hey, listen, so give it to me." And he then uh, he's like, "Hey, yeah, listen, nah. I meant at the end." He's like, "Yeah, nah, yeah, nah, about that." And she's like. Oh, I'm so mad at you. And then he, she kicks him out of the house. And so um, he finds out where she's at. Uh, and um, they, yeah, she curses him. And she's like, oh, don't worry, because you're going to see somebody that you love die, which we'll talk about in a bit. Um, and then Damio explains the whole, like, where Jaguar situation. But Nimue kills all the witches who betray her. I like how she, like, crumpled them up. <laughs> She was like, oh, y'all were the ones laughing at me. And she broke them all to pieces because that happens in the book. Um, Randomly, zombies show up. This is when things just kind of just go crazy. This is where you know it's the producers just taking over with, with their crazy. Every house spawn demon just starts to crawl towards Nimue as she Oh, my God. Does hey, can you keep weird... explain that? The okay, stupidity of the, the, the sheer fucking pointlessness of all these characters. Go you ahead. see about... 15 million CGI'd monsters all at the Lion King top of the mountain waiting for Simba to be fucking yep. thrown in the air. It's literally, I can literally drag scenes from every single movie that ever existed to make this movie. So they yeah. come, they're there, they're praying and ready to, to go. And she's like, come my children, attack the world. And then she gets shot in the face by Hellboy. And they run away, and you never see them oh, again. Oh, that shot looked terrible. Like, all oh, that CGI. Is the eye is, like, out. It's like, it's like, oh, my God. And what happens, like, blue? That's where you get that Capricorn line about, like, we can't get together because you're a Capricorn, and I'm, or I'm Capricorn, and you're crazy as hell, whatever the hell. And so... Well, I, d- I did kind of like that line because it was, like, very outside of the box from what the rest of the tone of, of crappy, campy lines were. What I don't like is that he seemingly has the upper hand and then she just throws a piece of her crown at Alice. And that piece of the crown damn near kills Alice. But that's reminiscent of part two in which they stab him with a spear and they can't remove it. Oh yeah, I, it, it gets I remember. I'm thinking this was the, near the ending of the movie and there was still a whole other 30 no, minutes left. Bro, this was no, this was coming. a long movie. That's what I'm saying. This was a long movie because you still, you still don't even introduce King Merlin yet. And they're like, oh, I we, mean, know, Merlin yet. we know somebody that can help. It's Merlin. So then they go to go get Merlin. Uh, Which makes no sense. Were you really in that? Did you, did you like, lock yourself away in there? I think he said that. He's like, I put myself away in here because of, cause King Arthur got too powerful or something like that. I'm like, wait, yeah. what? 
all better flashbacks. I much rather see. I rather see how King Arthur went crazy instead of seeing the origin of the Blood Queen. Yeah, uh, it, there was something. There was here. so much good elements and so many good potentials in this film that you just opted out and went for the cliche shit that we've seen it, all the time. Was, I guess because it was easier. You were one hundred percent. It's easier to write. It's easier to write that write write that plot point of oh no no the crown is in her throat but let's take her to Merlin where he literally pulls out the the tracking device from the Matrix. No, I'm telling you, part, this is the worst part to me. Is that oh and they keep saying like she's gonna unleash a plague she's gonna unleash a plague the plague is coming she's gonna unleash a plague. Uh, King Arthur uh, sorry Merlin's like oh by the way Hellboy I'm glad that you came right now in this moment because I wanted to tell you that you're related to King Arthur oh and, oh, and by the way behind this wall is Excalibur. And so Escalibur is there and like shaking, like it's, it's. Oh yeah, it's like shaking. yeah. And so he goes, he grabs it. Once he grabs, I'm guessing it, that's how you could tell who's the King Arthur's bloodline is I if you guess. could stop it from some Superman type. Yeah, crap. So he grabs his sword and he automatically envisions himself riding a humongous dragon on the sword with his with his um horns galore. With his horns and with his dragon, all with his horny. Sword. Everything's on fire. And so he gets scared of that, and he's like, uh, I, you know what? Screw this. I'm That's the one time in this movie where you see a real identity crisis with Hellboy. This is kind of stupid, because he's all like, I'm not going to do it. And then he goes and he fights Nimue, and Nimue knocks him through a wall, and then on the other side of the wall is Excalibur. Yeah, and, then he's like, the, and the crown of King, King Arthur's like, who knew like, it was here the whole time? Minute. Yeah, and it's like, wait, what the hell? We just came from Excalibur. I remember, I remember that. Well, he said he used all of his, pa- no, he said he used it, yeah. all of his, all of his powers to, to tell, bring to bring it, it up. Because yeah. they had no idea where it was at and then you, we accidentally knocked so it was under. So it was underneath the most famous church in England? Are you insane? What do you mean you didn't know where, we- it's the most famous church in England. It's ridiculous. Like, um, holy crap. They find everyone dead at M11 headquarters, and Boom is missing. They reach St. Paul's Cathedral. Like I said again, um, Damio transforms into the Jaguar. And uh, and then you get one of the best fight scenes that lasted five minutes. Nimue kills Nothing Pig but cursing. Nimue kills uh, Pig Boy, uh, opens up a hidden crypt, revealing King Arthur's tomb in Excalibur. Um, uh, then Hellboy, she's like, grab it, Hellboy, and let's be together forever. And he's like, nah. And then she's like, well, this is your father. And he's like, oh my god, I love my dad. And then she kills the father. And then uh, Hellboy grabs Excalibur, and he becomes this humongous demon. And demons rise from hell, and the floor cracks up. I'm not making this up, people. No, the floor cracks no. open, and demons oh, rise from hell. I actually made this joke to Jasmine. I'm like, because when you see all those big demons that are like dismembered in different ways, I look at her, and I tell her, I was like, Tell me this doesn't look like the like the like the demons from Hellraiser. It that reminded all me of have, Silent Hill. They reminded me of Hellraiser the way they're all remember how the Hellraiser monsters yeah. were all dismembered where their body their skin was stretched or they were in these like weird razors. Yeah. I was like, wow, because this one monster literally was an X of body parts of other different people. Yeah, and, and there's also like one of them has just uh basically a a, ra- a, a sharp knife for a hand, and one of them has a sharp knife for a leg. There was a, no the, the the guy was collecting body, but he's literally a, his leg his legs are just he's more using body people parts. As legs. He's stepping on people, and it's <laughs> yeah. just making him tilt more. And one I'm like, monster rips somebody's face off. All this seems to be taking place on one block in London. Literally, <laughs> literally. One block. You don't go to, you, you don't, they did no nope. such world building at all. Nope. This is the problem. For a movie that went to, that said they went to different parts of Europe, you were literally just the backdrop of London. So when this happens and people start to get killed, I was so past the film at this point that I was just like, this is, whatever it takes to get to the end. 
and ultimately, and, and it's you know what the worst part is it the, the, all these monsters coming up from hell and killing these people, then stepping on these people. It seemed to have done nothing so, to yeah. the vibe of the world. Like the world was no. not scared whatsoever. And, and after like, the fact, they finish when the movie ends. Everyone seems fine. Like nothing ever happened. Like someone didn't get their face ripped off, or someone. No, get... the the world is just Step another through. Sunday. It's just another Sunday in England. This is what happens when you decide to sign with Brexit. So, so Hellboy has Excalibur. He has the flaming crown and the horns, and uh, it looks like him. He's gonna be with Nimue and whatever. But then Alice throws up his father, and so his father stands there for half an hour and is like, "Remember who you are, Simba." Oh my God! And then Hellboy's like, "I do remember who I am." It's like you're about to ha! die, and you're still gonna curse your son out, anyways. And so he remembers who he is. He cuts off Nimue's head. Nimue had no defense for any of this. She had. No backup plan. Because remember, the whole entire time, she thinks she actually has the finger around Hellboy. Now, I will go to this credit because uh, the very disassociative Mila Jovich, the way Mila Jovich was disassociative with her character, like she had no emotion but one goal and one goal in mind, the end of the world. And then out of nowhere, after being resurrected for like 1,500 years, she's like, wait a minute, I have a husband now. He could be my husband. It's, It's like she felt... He's he's from hell. There's no way he's gonna say no to me. There's no way I'm gonna feel, lose. I just feel like I didn't get a level of stakes with her. Like because they didn't give her a level of stakes. They just made like her. I feel like villains, especially she wasn't that was even the, the main villain to me. She was the third villain. I yeah. felt the main villain was the was pig the pig. <laughs> the second villain was Baba Yaga, yeah. and Nim uh, Nimoy was just that, that Stephen Wolf character or the or the, the Doomsday ways, character. Yeah. In many ways, because Baba Yaga's still alive, and we get a post credit where she's like she's asking somebody else. To kill him for her. So, so there you go. She's very much still. So there. you have Le- you had Lex Luthor in the film. You you had whoever, uh, Batman as a bad guy in the film, and then you have Doomsday at the end. It's like, what's the point? Weird scrotum looking broom shows up and is like, remember who you are? And he's like, yeah, I remember that, and cuts off Nimue's head. I'm not ready to go. And, and then that. and then Hellboy and Broom exchange farewells. How how how? Whatever. Then, and, and Poor then, Alice is just and still Daniel, there throwing things and up. And Daniel, right there in front of everyone, is like, you know what? I don't need this anymore. This special bullet that I was going to use to kill this hey, shit Hey, what's out of that? You. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll just smash what, what was this the thing. Point? I'll just smash this really rare ma- material that was made for this bullet all over here. It's garbage. Oh, damn you. And, and then, damn and, you. And while this is happening, they just pull away and play some triumphant music like the world was just saved. And it wasn't. Hell, hell came to Earth and killed people. My dad's still dead. Like, this, this stinks. And at the end of it, he's all like, oh, just another day in the BPRD. And then they cut to six months later. That's and I'm literally like, what it was. It was just another day in the life of us. This is what we go through every single day. And then the ending. I much rather have seen the last 15 seconds of that movie, the entire movie. You ain't lying. Because six months later, they show um, uh, uh, Ben da- Ben Damio. Am I saying that? Dime, Dime, yeah, Ben Damio. Um... Alice Monaghan and Hellboy, they show that those three raid a cult club where they find the water tank of Abe Sapien. Yep, and that's where the theater bugged out. Yeah. Like, my entire theater was just like, woo, yeah, woo. I was like, that's Abe. That's yeah, I told Abe. Jasmine. I was like, hey, even Jasmine was excited. Once she saw the tank, she's like, oh, and then she saw the name. and like, I know him. I'm like, yep, you see the hand. And yeah. it's like, this movie's setting up a movie that would have been much better than this one, but you're not going to see. So what's the point of showing it other than fan service? This movie say, was fan service. Did you, say for, did you stay for both post-credits? I did not even know that there was post-credits, so okay, I didn't so, even stay for the post-credits. Post-credits no. So one of them is, is Hellboy drinking at Broom's thing, at Broom's 
uh, gravesite. Grave, and then Lobster, the ghost of Lobster Johnson shows up. They have a very, very short conversation where Lobster Johnson's like, "Oh, you're a fan. Here's the claw, the mark, you know, the brand. Here's the claw." Whatever, and that's whatever. where he gets his claw mark. And then he walks through Hellboy. Hellboy's like, "Oh wow, you're a ghost." And then that's how that ends. And then the last one was is Baba Yaga looking at the screen, seemingly talking to somebody that we can't see, and she's like, "I need to kill Hellboy, and if you can, I will allow you. I will allow you to die." And that's all you so know. It's somebody, so it's somebody that can't die that wants but, to die. But no one would know just off the strength of this film, and so this, and this so film this is probably just, never going to get a, a lot sequel. of this movie's ending was set basically that the last fifteen seconds and the end credits set up a movie of a sequel we're never going to see. And isn't that isn't that the fun part? And I hope you know what I hope we do see it, and I hope Neil Marshall directs the sequel, and I hope these producers aren't on it. I hope what David Harbour comes back. I yes, was... I deserve. What is it? Yes, I. So, and I hope they burn in hell. How's that? How's that line go? That's what it sounded like to me. It's like I want it. I want. Uh, I want to see a movie. I find. I for once. What is it? The last like four years of of just bad luck of seeing movies that I want to see, but every time it happens, it's like here comes this, comes the that's studio. How I felt that about this man. And uh, Dalen, if you're listening, um, who was on our Hellboy episode. She, I, I want her to think that I don't blame her for anything. Her fandom is well. No, the comics are great. Listen, it del- just sucks when you point to something and say, "Oh, you know, like I lo- watch, I love watching wrestling. Uh, come over for Raw, the Viking experience, and then you have to deal with that kind of stuff." You understand? Know, I, I don't think our podcast is ready for that. I think oh they're gonna. Thanks. It's gonna be called the Major Issues Experience. <laughs> um, oh my god! But yeah, this is not the the movie was not a. Uh, the movie was if not you a love Hellboy, this movie is not gonna resonate for you. If you're just going to see Hellboy because, oh my god, I remember the first two that came out when I was a little bit younger, then this movie will resonate for you. Because a lot of the people that really sat in this theater watched Hellboy when they were 12, 13. Some of them watched it when they were a little bit older, like it's also very like much in their a teens. Film, it's also very much a film that will pop up at 3 o'clock on TBS. And you will watch it. It's very up. much a film. You understand what I'm saying? Like there, This is very much Blade 1. It's very much... No, you know, I'll, I'll give it the X-Men Origins route that this is very X-Men Origins. That's what I said when I watched it. it. Even both just, had a Asian good guy or whatever, an anti-hero type. Yeah, it does exist. It's not, abs- it's not terrible, but we have done better. Now, um, I don't agree again that it deserved as much hate as it got. Oh, no, no, not, not, not um, that much hate. Maybe there's a little bit of hate. Yeah. I th- where, where the hate goes, it, it, it all depends. Where is the hate going? That's also true. Is the hate going towards the Mexican wrestling scene and the giant scene? Or is the hate going towards the opening and the ending? Yeah. If you're hating on the Baba Yaga fight scene or any of the Giants fight scene and the garage ghoul whatever fight it scene. There's really barely any fight scenes, bro. Because it's the creative differences between and it's the also director very expensive and to make two computer animals attack each other. Yeah, <laughs> true. I think the makeup should have been done better, but hey, I digress. When, when I, when, I, when, I enjoy oh, it. I had two issues with Harbor's Hellboy. One, there's a scene in which you see him and he has jagged uh, horns because he just snapped them off. Then they go to a helicopter and they're smooth as eggs. And then they go back to his room and they're jagged again and he's just filing them. And I was like, oh, from the beginning where yeah. his dad was helping him. Ja- and I'm oh, like, God. And I'm yeah. like, wait, no. When you were on that helicopter, they were fine because I remember thinking, have they ever been jagged before? And then they showed the helicopter shot. I'm I like, can't remember them I'm being like, oh. a little bit jagged. Um, I think in in Homeboys they were circular. They just like oh, and in the comics they look. Oh like yeah, that. oh in the in the originals it was that that yeah. that shit was smooth I used as to hell. Think they were like cans or something like that, goggles <laughs> or something. Like that. 
It was very circular. Right, but perpendicular. He had like the splinters in the, in this one. That's so what I like about it because it, it seems like he rips them off every time it grows too big. Like I kind of like that. I also did not dig what I feel like is an inconsistent red. I you are like not wrong. The film, depending on when, where angle, he would be red as hell. Or like Dude, kind of I thought I was the only one or... because when he was fighting the giants and when he's in a lot of like lighter areas, like when he was in uh, Alice's house, he seemed very pink, yeah. pink as hell. But then when you had him in the more darker lit scenes, he seemed very crimson. Red, so you yeah. are not wrong at and all. I was like, huh, I don't know if I like that. Like I like the straight up red. Um, he looked more natural than Perlman. But in the same sense, he was still saddled by a lot of that stuff on his face. See, I kind of felt that. I, like I felt eyes. like Perlman like looked eyes. so much more natural. I didn't like his eyes. If I could have it my way, no pupils. All the yellow pupils? Just straight yellow, straight yellow eyes. Do like a Batman or one of those things where you just have the yeah the makeup eyes. the makeup was so bad but I can't like I His said I can't eyes were blame too human you gotta change certain aspects of him so I could be like oh that's not him that guy is well, I mean I think two <laughs> two things of but horns when, and a big when, lobster claw is gonna tell you hey, he's not human so I think the eyes these, are all right have you seen some of these true life I want to be a lizard things these people exist you understand what I'm saying oh these yeah you got exist. me on that one they, and, these and, people are transforming and their if bodies the only thing that I'm supposed to get off of him is the, the back hair like that's not enough for me. Give me the cl- the the cloven hooves, which I don't. I kind of like this hair. I kind of like that he wasn't bald like he Ron had Perlman. A look, he had a look in the flashback that I liked. I think maybe it was less facial hair or something. But he when the, when he yeah when he the flashback he looks more when he natural. was saving Alice as a baby. Yes, he yeah, looks more he, natural. Because lo- they that... made him look younger, and I like that. I yeah. like that he looked younger. So get the antsiness out of my Hellboy, and I'll, I'll be fine. And go see it if you if you've gotten this far. I don't even know why you're this far if you haven't seen it. But um, yeah, I some people. Well, love if you need it, if you needed somebody to tell you that hey, this movie's not that bad, but warn you to tell you hey, listen, this movie's kind of not that. And it's all right for a long movie. It's bad. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be this long if it's going to be this bad. Yes, I would say yeah. If you took out a good half an hour, and I think you can. I no, think there's so much. There's so much you can chop out of this movie and actually make not only a a consistent story but an entertaining. A monster film. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what I wanted. I wanted a monster film. I wanted fighting and demons and and cursing. I like that every time, like he was running from the the giants. You hear fuck, 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 or something yeah, 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 like that. Like yeah. that, that, that is funny to me. That's Hellboy to me. Yeah. But for the length of this film, nah, man. I I, I was I was in, I was in and out. I really was. Do you? What's your over under on thinking we're gonna get a sequel for this thing? Uh. No, I don't. I I don't. I think we'll get a Fantastic Four movie before. See, we the see problem movies. was the problem is is I see this movie's uh, critical success in the same uh, level as the Mummy's critical success or Fan Forstick's critical success, where it's a dark, weird casted film, a lot of angstiness, and then it's like nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and a oh, yeah. lot of a lot of the problem was is a lot of the storytelling and a lot of the dialogue in the Mummy and Fan Forstick and in this Hellboy all made it seem like there's going to be a sequel. There's going to be a franchise, yeah. but it bombs. I stopped planning for that, by the way. Yeah, you got to stop doing that in your movies. If you are if you don't know that you're going to get a sequel, or it's not even if you know you're going to get a sequel. The, the studios can come up to you right now and say, listen, I need you to write me a script for three for a three-picture deal. Yeah. They can cancel this, the, the next two pictures if the critical success is terrible on the first one. 
they've done it before. Yeah. Films have films franchises has gone down the water because of uh, the first movie's critical success. Well, that's another thing. Some people are saying that um, this means that you should have never given the wheel to anybody other than Guillermo del Toro. I don't know if this if this property is solely a del Toro. I don't know if yeah, I don't you know, know if del Toro can handle can this it. thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that I think we give it another shot. But it, look it, what they're adapting from. Like, it would be like if after. Batman and Robin, you're like, I guess Tim Burton is the only one that could do this. Like, could oh, you hell no, that? don't. That's that's, that's very that's saying, a though. that's a bad train of thought. It was just Tim Burton taking what he liked from Batman, and in the same way, Del Toro took what he liked from Hellboy, which was the so monsters, give, which so was us, that stuff. Give us somebody else. Give me somebody who likes detective work. If he is a investigator, we should be seeing some paranormal detective hmm. work. Oh, I would see who I would want to like. Who would I want? Who would you want to direct uh, direct the next one? If there's going, now he would never do a Hellboy <laughs> film, but um. Yeah, it's weird because investigator, you need somebody serious, but the rest of the the rest of the content is very. See, not I think I, I think Denis Villeneuve, who's done Passengers and Arrival, uh, Arrival oh no, no, yeah, Passengers was was somebody else. Um, what was that movie that was called? Prisoners. Prisoners. That's Arrival. the movie. It was Prisoners, Arrival, uh, Sicario. Didn't he do something else new, brand new recently? Uh, uh Freak. Yeah, After he, Arrival. He did do something. Re- he did he, do something recently that I'm that I, I, I can't remember. But yeah, I could see like, the reason why is because if you have a lot of like the military aspects, a lot of like the the, the covert ops and, and the private investigating this, if you take a lot of that, you can see the action in in Denis Villeneuve's movies, and you can apply it to Hellboy. You would just need a producer that can help the monster film, the monster setup. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That's right. That's right. Blade and, Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, next year, Dune. Doom or Dune? Dune. 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 One hundred percent. Just do it. Basically, yeah. He I just held my case it. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he can direct the movie, writing, whole, direct, look, writing, directing, and producing, do and, that, and that's a lot of lore in that. There's a lot of lore in that book. That's like uh, that's like a so, freaking eight hundred page book. Yeah. So I mean, that was the inspiration for Star Wars. Like, it definitely is possible. Maybe I could see Denis Villeneuve directing a, a Hellboy movie if there's no if there's no pro- producing or studio interference. Like, and this is the most Hellboy movie you're probably gonna get in the sense that in a while. It is, of Hellboy stuff, but maybe just not. It yeah. felt like it felt like Scourge in, in uh, right. No, it is. It's like look at all my stuff. That <laughs> was all it was. What, 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 can you name a, a comic book movie that would come off the top of your head where, where you see like all your fi- Batman vs Superman, oh, for example, no, you know all of your favorite stories no, you into know. one film? You know what I said? Aquaman. Honestly, Aquaman by putting in Black Manta, doing the stuff with um his mother. That mother thing, like the mother finding out that the mother was always in the whatever the hell, and had the husband that was on sea. He was like a lifeboat or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but the thing is, in the comics, you're led to believe that because of that betrayal of her having a human child, that she's killed. And later, 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 later on, you find out that she's not only is she alive, but she's like some other weird part of the world. Yeah, you gotta like use the trident right, to unlock. Exactly, right, exactly, and that happens in that film, along with. The war for the ocean, along with Black Manta. That's like along with yeah. So they put like four different Aquaman things in this. That's the problem um, with comic book. A lot of comic well, book movies that are not like when they don't trust. Bi- when yeah. they don't trust the character to, to take off on its own, they need they feel like they need to saddle it with a heavy story. So it's like let's take let let's take Superman's six most famous stories and, and make it into one movie. Let's take the bat- him versus Batman. Him versus Doomsday, him battling identity, all into one. That's what they did with Hellboy. It's like let's yeah. take the Wild Hunt, let's take the, the the whole King Arthur angle, let's take all of this stuff and just put it into a blender. 
Yeah. And it doesn't work like that. And it definitely doesn't make it a better movie. It and not at all. I would have much rather. I, I would have much rather handle at least one. Take one or two of those stories, keep them together, or just take one of the stories and keep it as the plot. I would have loved that Knights of Templar crap. I would be very interested to see if um, Del Toro has said anything about it, um, and I am interested in seeing what their sequel stuff is looking like because you know, uh, one and two did better in home release. Dude, eight, the, the first Hellboy movies. has an eighty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, th- those that's movies crazy. Did very well after the theatrical releases. They didn't do great in th- in theaters, but with Blu-ray and everything else like that, they got they got their money back. Sometimes doubled it. But we're not in that world anymore, man. No, Netflix, people. Hulu, yeah, Disney man. Plus, you don't know that people are gonna go out there and rip Hellboy off the shelves at Best Buy. It's not the same animal. We're anymore, getting. Man. We're gonna get guarantee. to the point where I, I'm telling you, in about 10, 15 years, DVDs are not even gonna be. They're not even gonna sell make DVDs anymore. Look how they stopped making VHS tapes. Yeah. They stopped making laser discs. Yep. They're gonna stop making DVDs in about and so, fifteen and years. So if you're if you're banking on the DVD market, you might as well just come out on DVD instead of coming out in theaters and then. You know, doing it that way. Well, now most people don't even do direct-to-DVD. They do direct-to-Netflix. When we were doing the Hellboy episode, I said my best medium for this is a Netflix series. Wow, a Netflix Hellboy series. Monster of the Week Hellboy series with one overarching story, but every week... He takes down a, a different. No, just give us an anthology, Hellboy. Just give us a regular, like yeah. every every week. It, there's no story, but there's a story. Yeah, like and you. So he, deals, he deals with every episode. You deal with, yeah, and then he deals with Baba Yaga. And but then he deals at with the same time, of each like episode that. that he's dealing with a monster, you still have him writing in his identity crisis, him talking with his father and wondering why people hate him and wondering why this and this and that. I could see stuff like that working perfectly, but. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to work in this form because I do think that it's very delicate and I do think that it's a lot. To me, it would be the equivalency of making an Umbrella Academy movie. The exposition alone that it would take for you to get off the premise would take oh too long. Oh my God. It would take too long. No, but people with would have episodes, to watch the TV show. With episodes, you can sprinkle exposition in every episode. So I've said that many times. I... You don't have to front load it with an hour and a half <laughs> of this is what we're going to do and then get to the half an hour of Look, we're doing it, and then it's over. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's why I always say like TV shows is a cheat for character development because like anything that needs to be said doesn't have to be said all at once. You can literally take three seasons to tell a person's his story. Yeah, and that's the problem. People can have it. You have when that's you why the Arrow when show you would work, but never the Arrow movie. Because if you the want Arrow movie, and, and work. change of heart characters, these are complete. Uh, 360 characters with, or 180 characters where they started off as a bad guy and ended up as a good guy, they don't seem to like do well in movies because like you have an hour and a half to two hours to tell us why we should like him, why he should be redeemable, why we should care about her, why she is a bad guy and now she's a good guy. Exactly. But with TV, it's like, let's start off on episode one of you killing the most important character of the show, and then let's have the final season, you're the biggest good guy of turn, everybody. Around, yeah. uh, uh, Once Upon a Time is a perfect example of that, because Once Upon a Time went from the Wicked Witch, the, just uh, Snow White's witch, that Snow White's stepmother, yeah. that, that Wicked Woman. She was a bad guy the, the Dude, for a whole like three seasons. She was the bad guy dealing with an identity crisis of wanting to be good. Yeah. Then by the end of the series, she's a good guy 
and now who was the good guy of the original first three seasons is now the bad guy, and you do these complete 180 characters. It's and like, that's the thing. I feel like in this movie, they try to do that with Broom. Like, are we supposed to be suspicious of Broom? What's supposed to be the issue Well, I, I, I think and the thing was, they just wanted to sweep the light from us just for no reason. But there was no, there was no sweep. There was no secret. We didn't find out anything. Well, to to me, him wanting to kill Hellboy as a baby, where but he put that was know, he didn't know that that was Hellboy. No, I know that, but to me, I, I like. You I, know what I'm saying? But like, like, like when you when when you look at the people that that don't know storytelling well or don't know the character's backstory and uh-huh. origins, when when you were introduced with a character who's the parent or the parental figure of our main character, and then you get this. Uh, revealing secret that they actually wanted to kill you when they first met you, but but isn't this isn't this it's the, the same Jedi thing? thing? Exactly, it's the it's the whole last Jedi. It, it, I woke up and his lightsaber was on in front of me. It's all the but the thing is, it's it's all how it goes. That's exactly how it goes. It, it um what's inconvenience and just misunderstandings, just yeah. blatant blatant I guess misunderstandings. If no, one, I guess if no one talks to each other, then it doesn't matter. Like cause... I can't stand that people have. How do screenplay writers literally sleep at night? Knowing that they are writing in dialogue of a conversation they would never have in real life, no Same two thing. people would ever talk like this in real life. That's what I'm saying. Hellboy was speaking as if he had no idea what his origin was, and I don't feel like. <laughs> and he Broom, saw his origin through a uh, yeah, crystal I ball. I don't think Broom would not tell him. I went down there to investigate no, something extremely no, dangerous. See, that's where that's where I have to disagree with you on that. For the simple fact is, if we had the John Hurt Broom. Yes, he would 100% tell him his origin since he was a kid. Hellboy would have been known, okay, uh, no, this is no, how I no, found. But, but the way Ian McShane was set up, he is a shady guy. But then I don't need that. You know what I'm saying? I don't but need that's that not, guy that's to be... their fault. That's their flaws, their that's problems. Like saying, that's like saying, you know, and, and come on, man. In 2011's Man of Steel, like, we're not in that. I get it, but you're not It's the equivalent to... of, of Jonathan Kent telling Superman he should have let those kids drown. Here's your, here's your gun, Hellboy. We need better father figures in these films. No, we don't have good father figures in the last in like couple. Of, uh, no, Wonder Woman doesn't have a great father figure. That was Zeus, and he was basically not in that film the whole time. I see the Aquaman problem is doesn't is, have a father figure. Uh, oh, well, there oh was in in the comic books, is Wonder Woman was Wonder Woman made from clay to be the sort so of what happens in the, a lot now in comic books is that they do the the re the retcon. The retcon but what happens is. They with these retcons, they place the retcon in something of truth in the comic. So they completely so fuck instance, continuity. So, for instance, we're led to believe since Dark Knight's Metal that there is this like omnipotent bat demon god, and that that took a form of a bat that inspired Batman because he wanted Batman to become Batman so he could. You know what I'm saying? So like where you where I know exactly what you mean? For yeah, so and so it's god. like. You, you maintain what the original truth was, but, but you, you say, sprinkle a little bullshit. But it happened. You understand? It happened that day. This is why it happened. Yeah, exactly. exactly. About butterfly right. flapped his wings and Japan got an earthquake, of course. And, oh, my God. So now Wonder Woman's whole backstory is now she's she was a sword from clay. And it's through, a lot of stuff. Yeah, oh, Lord stuff. have mercy. But Hellboy's always been, that right hand has always been the key to the apocalypse, and they should have played more with that. They should play more with the. the, the, the that's battle. the problem is that they get. It was like this movie. This movie was a buffet, and everything that they were picking to put on the plate for us to eat. Like, it, you're the child, and your mother is picking your plate for you at a buffet, and everything she's bringing you is green beans and salads and potatoes. That's there's there's no meat, there's no bread, there's no substance. Yeah. Your palate is gonna be completely messed up. All you have on your plate is vegetables. Ugh. 
And it's not that I'm saying ve- I'm not saying vegetables is a bad thing, but I'm saying if I'm gonna eat some green beans, best give me some potatoes, some gravy. There was no pancakes in this movie. Hellboy loves pancakes and cats. There was no cats in this movie. There was nope. I there was one cat, one one cat scene. It was when Hellboy was getting his uh. uh remember when his father was like, "Here, let me do, his- let me do the filing for you," and then he goes over and sits on the couch, the cat, and he was petting a cat. I remember because the cat was black and white. Okay. So they did, they, did they had one. Ca- that's why I was like, I was nudging Jasmine. I was like, Hey, look, look, he's petting a cat. They kept their, he's petting a cat. They kept their feline quota, I guess. Well, I, that's that's basically like, you know, having a Batman movie with no Alfred. Yeah. It's like, can you imagine just wa- sitting through a two-hour Batman film and never once hearing Alfred's name or even seeing him? Alfred. But um. Master Wayne. I'm I'm about done with this film. Is I'm about you- ready to wrap this up too. Because. David Harbour deserved better. Neil and Neil Marshall deserved better. Sam McCready deserved better. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna right. say it. How the guys that I liked, better. the guys that I liked that did their thing deserved better. Oh man, they dragged poor Ian McShane into this, didn't they? Hellboy deserves better. Also, I don't think David Harbour has many um, blockbuster leading roles, so I hope that this doesn't discourage people from. No, please him because don't, he's, because he's actually he was really good in this film. I actually liked him as Hellboy. Nice. It's it was his writing and it was his writing that was bad. Not even him. You know what? He'd probably be a very good Hank McCoy. Yo, wow! Beast? Now that He'd I'm seeing it, he can capture the essence of. I thought no one could beat right. Kelsey Grammer. Beast. But that's <laughs> the problem: is that there really will be nobody that can beat Kelsey Grammer. Even when you're introduced to that beast in Last Stand, he's upside down he's, reading. And, and he does say. Oh my stars and garters! <laughs> he does say, "Oh my stars and garters," like when the they most, were going to, like, yeah. to Ellis Island or whatever. That's like one of the most like 1920s sayings I've ever heard. So I, it's I like did. my stars and garters. Oh my god, we're sorry. We saw Hellboy, so you didn't have to. Uh, but the great thing about it is, now that Hellboy's out of the way and our palate is a little bit cleansed, we get to go into full Endgame. Territory. We are ten days away now. I just want you all to be very careful about scrolling the internet, yes. please. Because last night I took a bullet, so my friends don't have to. There's been a bunch and of guys. Yogi was also spoiled. Oh, he uh, ended up getting spoiled too. Yeah, he ended up getting. He was talking about it this afternoon. Thing is, oh, I didn't I'm read not, it. Damn. Although I post a lot for our social media, I'm not in a lot of social media I, stuff. But see, this is what happened with me. So I'm scrolling through. You know, comicbook.com, yes. that that Facebook page. Yes. So I'm scrolling through, and comicbook.com posted a, uh, a a a story about Game of Thrones, and it was a uh, fans are not really liking the first episode of this season premiere, and I'm like, what a clickbaity ass, and. And I went to the comment section to see if people are really like that or if it's just one or two people in comicbook.com didn't like it and they're making an article about it. What happened was once I clicked on the comics at the comment section, bam, three pictures from a screenshot of a 45-minute video right in my face. Three big pictures. And I'm, I really I am manifesting that it is fake and it's from the new Marvel Ultimate Alliance game that's coming out for the Switch. Here's a little bit of plug for Nintendo. Give us free stuff. Please. Nintendo, give us money. <laughs> so, yeah, I was scrolling through and then bam, three big pictures. Three big, and, and if they are really spoilers from the film, I just got one of the, one picture and one picture alone robbed me from the biggest pop of, of the film. Ro- lit- no, Dude, I'm telling you, that one picture it was the pop of the well, film. When are you supposed to be seeing it? I'm seeing it Thursday. Okay, me too. Um, but I'm going to I think uh, I'm going to Williamsburg. 
I'm going to Forest Hills. Don't go uh. to Forest Hills and try to kill me, though, by the way. Um, <laughs> we, we, uh, to, to whet our appetite for this, then the comic man, comic book man, comic book movie man will be here next week on our next episode of Major Issues where we will be tackling the instant classic. A movie or that he does so you people think. A movie that he's not really that much of a fan of, but he'll be getting all the opposition in the world. We're going to go back in memory lane to Avengers The very first Avengers movie. We're going to be seeing how much our characters have changed, how much of them have stood exactly the same. I am actually really, really, really excited because I remember uh, for, to, to prepare for, for Infinity War, I wanted to see the first Avengers. Because I wanted to see how far everybody came as well, yeah. and it I, I I ended up watching it half asleep on my phone, yes. And I fell as I literally fell asleep. I didn't rewatch it. I didn't go back to watch it. I only got up to the part where they're in the helicarrier, where Loki killed um, Coulson and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And With I the red on your ledger. And all I world. remember the last thought I had in my head before I fell asleep was, "Wow." I really respect this movie more than I thought I did. It's a good film. It is a, it um, is a very, like, respectable... And it also had to juggle a lot, so you may not get, like, the character payoffs that you may in, like, an Infinity War you know, or Civil War, my, but it was juggling a lot of that before before um, we knew. Before we knew that... Uh, what, what, what a movie like that could look oh, like. Oh, no, that's the you problem. Don't get, you that... don't, like, I love Civil War, Russo Brothers and all that, but you don't get Civil War without realizing what you could do with, with Avengers. No, you know that's so, what I didn't understand is... when I first watched Avengers. I didn't. I, all I saw was why are these guys? Uh, it's literally an hour and a half of them fighting, and then it was forty-five minutes of awesomeness. And I didn't understand it. I didn't want to understand it. I was very no, no, no. I just want them to be cool and, and be one big happy family. And I'm too optimistic. I was optim. I was optimistic, and then I realized, wait a minute. This is a, a repeating pattern that I saw in Age of Ultron now. And now I'm seeing it in Civil War. A- and I'm seeing it in other films. Does the MCU have a thing about realism where people actually kind of don't get along when they have opposing oppositions? Well, oh, that, my God. Not only that, like, they are really, like, their the quality control for their character progression is amazing because... 100%. They maintain those... You're allowed as an adult to change your mind, and they all do. All those heroes. And I feel like points. when you're an adult, if you are uh, uh, introduced with a new set of facts to the argument that that helps you totter to the other side, then you should change your mind. You shouldn't. You shouldn't ignore the facts in front of you. It's the brown. It's the brown cows. Uh, quote. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, the brown cow. When I was young, I used to think that mm-hmm. chocolate milk came from brown cows, but then I did some research and I. Uh, figured out that no, it's just like chocolate syrup, and I didn't become a flip flopper because I did that. I just found out the truth. Wow! And that's what she says. She's like, "Happy ten year anniversary I, to to the greatest comedy I've ever uh, seen." Parks and Rec. When and when they make a comic, we'll cover that too. But <gasps> I'm remember, gonna make a comic just so we can cover that show. <laughs> but remember, the next step on this road is going to be Avengers. So I'm gonna go and do my best to post, post, post all over our social media. Um, so that I can get some of your comments about what you guys liked and disliked about um, Avengers and watching it, you know, how many years later? Uh, Eight? Nine. To? Seven. 2012, right? Seven years later, yeah. Seven years later. But to be able to contact us, you're going to have to look up the Major Issues podcast, like, share, and subscribe, get into all that kind of stuff. And we're available wherever podcasts are found. That's Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, the Apple iTunes podcast app. How's yes, that? sir. How's I that? That's where I listen to our studios. If you have an iPhone, that means you already got one already pre-installed. There's just already... go to i. Just go to the podcast. It's a purple little uh, microphone app. 
Just click in Major Issues Podcast, and it'll be the first one that pops up with the yellow and black. Yes, but if you can't find us there, the really easiest way to find us and follow us is to literally just Google Major Issues Podcast. Great thing is, enough people have done that already, so we're literally the first result. Yeah, guys, honestly, right uh, up. straight up, if, if, if it's like you, if, if podcast, if looking for podcasts ain't your thing, or you're using an Android where it's hard to really like have a job where you haven't like downloaded the new JavaScript or whatever. Then you can just straight up go to YouTube, type in comic book click, and we pop up. All of our shows pop up as soon as we pop up yep. on the on the podcast. Same thing with Google. Type in comic book click and we'll pop up. Podbean will pop up and that's um the that's really who sponsors us or hosts all all of our podcasts is podbean.com. So if you go to uh that first link, you're able to see our entire library. You can like and comment. You can share. You can follow us so you can know when every episode drops. And we usually drop an episode every Wednesday. We have not missed a single week uh, release. Uh, knock on wood. This Everything is- we do, we do it for you. It's the truth. And this is episode 71. All right. 71 weeks, guys. 71 we have been doing this for 71 weeks, and, and we love Saturday you. is Comic Book Click's third birthday. Whoop, whoop. Oh, shit. 420? Yes, and if you wow. want to, and if you want <laughs> to uh, wish Comic Book Click a happy birthday, all you have to do is go to Facebook.com slash Comic Book Click, Instagram at Comic Book Click, or use the hashtag Comic Book Click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to Comic Book and Comic Book Media. You can go to at Major Issues CBC, which is our Twitter machine, where we do all of our memes, our rumors, and our announcements for new merchandise and for a new podcast. So, and if you want to talk to us, just talk to us, and you don't know where else to go, just drop us a line sometime on Instagram. I am the I am one of the men that yes, men that man at, the Instagram at Comic Book Click, and uh, don't forget you can always email at Gmail. All of those links are in our show description in our show notes. There are easy to uh, click links, and you can just email us. Shop Comic Book Click. We got merchandise, baby. We love we got, hearing from you, baby. We got major issue shirts. We got Comic Book Click shirts. We got Avengers shirts. We got Daredevil shirts. I've been making shirts for three years, and they're all available, all original. Go and grab your merch. Show that you're part of the team. Show that you're part of the click. And, uh, you know. Why give those those poor kids that make those shirts in Cambodia money? Why do Hot Topic? Yeah, they're just using that money to make another Hellboy reboot. And you don't but want that. Do you, you definitely you don't. You don't want the money in the wrong hands. Do you want more pig people out here? Do you want more Mila Jovovich leading, uh, leading roles? Is that what you really I want, people? I can't take any more leather, motorcycle, biker, fetish, dark, brooding, zombie movies with Melia Jovich. I can't do it no more. Oh, you will, and you'll like it. Paul W.S. Anderson has been killing me. Neil Marshall will not be denied, damn it. And you're Neil Marshall has it. nothing to do with that schlock fest. Neil Marshall had everything to do with the, the, the BRFD and all that, that London stuff. BPRD. Whatever, whatever. Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. Bureau of Paranormal Research and BPRD. Defense. Like B- the R&D department. BPRD department. That'd be BPRD easy. BPRD department. The BPRD uh, department. It sounds like a something that you like, like oh, your heart. Oh, and last thing I want to say about Hellboy. Lobster Johnson should have got more stuff to do. Yo, lo- the problem with that. Yo, I, I remember seeing the cast while we were waiting for the movie to start. And I said, holy crap, Thomas Hayden Church is in this movie? I didn't see what his name character was. I just saw it said Thomas Hayden Church. And I'm like. Whoa! And he has like a third name billing on Google. It's a it, it was it was a oh, David yeah. Harbor, Mila Jovich, Thomas Hayden Church. That's how the casting billing went. So I thought he had a big part of this film, and then they give him this one Captain America scene, and he's in the post credit. Like I said, he literally that's that, not enough for me. He 
He literally reminded me of every superhero from uh, Incredibles. Incredibles. He's supposed to be like the shadow and like the spirit, like those kind of old school. Oh, my God. The uh, the spirit. The phantom. Oh, I think I just got our witches worse. The spirit or the phantom? Well, no, not the phantom. I was was thinking either shadow, the spirit. And we could go spirit or we can go. And and, uh, what was the other one? Not I think Cincinnati 2. You know what else is, 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 is due for a watch for which is worse? Jonah Hex. There we go. Jonah Hex and the spirit. But I feel like I want to do the spirit and like the phantom. Like one of those other old school kind of. Because the shadow, Alec Baldwin played the shadow. Oh, There's God. also that. And, and Billy Zane played the phantom. So we got a lot of uh, a lot of those to uh, look into. Jonah he- I heard Jonah Hex wasn't bad, though. Or am I thinking of some? No, wait. No, I'm thinking of the True Grit remake. You've Never got mind. It, yes. That's, the, I'm those of... two are completely different. <gasps> okay, then we th- if we're going to do. We're talking do... about Megan Fox. Oh my Jonah God! Hex. Oh yes, jo- that okay. If we're gonna do Jonah Hex, Josh then, Brolin, then Jonah what was Hex. the what was that other one that there was another movie that was just like Jonah Hex that came out that I'm trying to remember. It had to have been a comic book movie, like Jonah Hex. Yeah, that was like oh um Daniel Craig. Uh, oh, Cowboys and Aliens. Yes, there you go. Is that a no? That's not a comic book. That's property. That's just a stupid. Ones. I might be. St- I might be wrong. If you if I am, email. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, to my knowledge, that's not a comic book movie. Uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah. Even though Daniel Craig basically looks like a comic book character. But my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am Dan, the comic book movie man, and and, all that goodness. And this has been our Hellboy 2019 recap and review. And remember, whether or not you've been destined to bring about the apocalypse, whether all your haters have cut you into different boxes and sent you all over the world, whether you're just some pig man who wants to live as a beautiful little girl, uh, whether you whether you talk to your relatives as they come out of your mouth and they are some amorphous blobs, or whether you are a blood queen that had your body parts all over Europe, but it was technically just London. If you have to sand down your uh, horns, <laughs> if you can't help that sometimes you're a vampire, remember that we are the clique, and you, yes, you are worthy.